0: Mine's also a pet. That
1: I makes mean, so <laughs> a, a pet? pet. A pet shrimp. I'd have a pet shrimp. Wouldn't that be fucked up if you had a pet <laughs> shrimp? There's and it was always shrimp. eating shrimp in front of it, like taunting it? Like, oh, what if I had Sorry. a pet shrimp, but it was still just like dead shrimp? Like, then it was just okay. a shrimp.
2: You like have it on a leash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this a there's Corny again walking her like cocktail shrimp
0: across
3: the street. <laughs>
2: Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kaylee, And I'm Courtney. And this is the
0: podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film.
1: To uh, steal a phrase from Courtney, we are going to spoil the wiggles out of some of these films. <laughs> so if you don't want certain movies spoiled for you, then you can check our Instagram or our Twitter at We Explain Movies for spoiler timestamps. This is the episode where we're going to talk about Swiss Army Man, so if you haven't seen that... And you want to see that first, then go watch that before listening to this episode.
0: Absolutely. We kick off every week with uh, some questions wherein we might spoil other movies, so like Kayleen said, check out those timestamps. First question of the episode, what did you guys watch this week?
2: Ooh, yes. Mine's pretty quick. Yeah? I tried to watch... What is that movie called? While We're Young. While We're Young with Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Amanda Seyfried, or however you say it, and Adam Driver got, like, less than ten minutes in, and I was like, I really don't want to watch this. Oh, what? When did that <laughs> yeah. come out? At two 20... years ago? One year ago? Two
0: years ago? It's not old then. I thought I was kind of older than two years. <sighs> Three years? It's Noah Baumbach, uh, Greta Gerwig's man, and then he directed her movies, like, Francis Ha. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It was awful. It was awful. Why was it so bad? Why'd you stop it?
2: I just, like, I felt like everybody was doing bad acting. Ben Stiller was, like, saying lines, and I could just tell that they were lines, I was like, mm. talk normal, like, what are you, I don't know. But it was bad enough for you to turn it off? Yeah, I was this. also really tired. <laughs> okay,
1: like you just felt like it wasn't was actually like, a choice that you wanted to be pursuing right then?
2: Yeah. I wanted to watch it because Adam Driver, hello, but I was just like, it wasn't enough. They had, like, crappy tattoos, like, every character had crappy tattoos for some reason, like, Naomi a- Watts had, like, a barbed wire wrist oh. tattoo, I'm like, is that real? Does she really have a that? It, or did Naomi they? Now we're showing her, her the weird kind weird of type. It was yeah. so dumb. Like, Adam Driver has, like, really weird, like, a really vibrant, like, heart on his the top of his arm. Maybe you would talk t- about that. really deep symbolism that you weren't getting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get far enough to find any symbolism, so I yeah. don't care. That's yeah. all I want. Actually, I watched all of the episodes that are available for the act. Ew, you watched all of them? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, did Uh, you actually? No, I'm I'm waiting for the last couple to come out. They haven't come out? They're releasing it week by week? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, (laughs) how did you feel about it? I think it's interesting. I mean, I never watched the documentary or knew anything about the actual crime. Documentary is so
0: good. Yeah. It It just bums me out because... It's a true story, and the true story is so interesting. Like, do you need more? Do you need Anna-Sophia Robb? <laughs> Anna Robb. Do you need Joey King? No. Like, do you need Patricia Arquette? <laughs> is this because of your vendetta against Patricia? I have a vendetta against her now.
2: <laughs> to yes. be fair, her character is not very differently played than the one she does in Escape from Dannemora. Uh,
0: and she also, seems like the same person. Yeah. yeah, I feel like she's kind of been doing the same thing
1: since boyhood boyhood
0: I love I didn't she, get was to see that. Boy- she was very bad I'm sorry I,
1: to clarify I didn't love the movie boyhood no I love her but I loved boyhood. her
0: in it and then ever since then she's like I'm just gonna do that thing where I am just I'm gritty and I'm raw and I play unlikable people and that's that's it and that just doesn't feel super dimensional yeah. and I mean I mean playing a mother with Munchausen's by proxy like yeah you're not gonna be likable by any means but also just she wasn't doing anything that I I saw one episode. Didn't make
2: me. I I I don't sympathize for her character at all. That's what I'm saying. She's only choosing those roles. When Joey King murders her, um, inevitably, I'm gonna be like, "Sweet, that's what I'm waiting for." Are you even seen that yet? No. Has uh, I'm at the episode where Nicholas Go to John come in yet? Yes, he shows up and he's like, "Victor's here," and then like it's the night of the murder, and then Uh that, and then you know, before he comes in the door, that's the end of the episode, and I was like. There's no more episodes left? Like, is this the end of the season? This can't be the end of the season.
1: <laughs> Do you think it might be the end of the season? I then? looked it
2: up and it's not. Oh, okay. okay. So, I was like, damn. I just didn't that know that they were sucks. releasing week by week. Okay. That, that's all I watched. I really didn't so... get too much this week.
0: So, Kayleen and I, uh, like a week ago, we had a double feature
1: where we watched two movies back-to-back, and those were... Uh, we watched Welcome to Me and Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah, which was really nice. Yeah. I like that those blended
0: in. Welcome yeah. to Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we watched those per my recommendation, because I
1: love yeah. both of those movies. Uh, Welcome to Me. What did you think, Kayleen? I loved that one. Yeah. I loved it. It's yeah. so good. Because... I think what I like the most about it is that, so she very clearly has mental illness, that's the thing from the beginning. Yeah. And she's so interesting, and you do really, A, she's very, not likable in a real life sense, but likable in a, I'm watching a movie and you're a fun character to watch sense. Yes, yes. You do realize a lot of things that she's doing are not okay But the fact that they actually have a scene where her friend is like, you're a bad friend. You're not a nice person. You don't think about anyone else. And I just really like that to have a mental illness and to try to deal with it is very difficult. But there's a point where we can't just sympathize with anything that you do. Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't excuse. She says, actually, what's her name? Linda... Cardolini Cardolini. yeah, has a line where she says, I'm um, so sorry you feel so much pain, but you're not the only person who feels pain.
0: Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And I think it's just something she needed to hear. Absolutely. And it's it's important that that is addressed. I mean, it's, it's the kind of same thing with like yeah, we we kind of all have elements to ourselves and to our personalities. um, But you don't get
1: to excuse it away by saying I have a mental illness. Um, And she learns that, which Mm -hmm. is great. And I think an important thing for anybody to remember is that your pain and your degree of pain doesn't lessen someone else's. Exactly. If I'm Mm -hmm. having a bad day, you don't get to come to me and say, well, I got in a car accident today. Your bad day... Isn't so bad anymore. It's like it doesn't. Oh yeah, matter. Life's not, not relative a, to yours. It's you not know. pain
0: competition. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I think mm-hmm. that's.
1: It was very good. She and, did, excellent. and that movie did. Yeah, portray that really well. And it it is hysterical. Like I was cackling and laughing out it's loud. Really funny, yeah. really um, West Bentley's in that. Oh, that was one where while we were watching it, I go. Courtney, He's so underrated. He's like, so underrated. <laughs> people don't talk about him enough. And that movie was one where I'd never really seen him act like that. Mm-hmm. He was very meek and surprising. Goofy. And cute and
0: goofy. Yeah, yeah, he
1: really was. Like he's wearing like Sensitive. dorky
0: shorts a lot of the time and he's he eats food really weird. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like he's like hugging this burger as he's eating it and he, he just like his hands. His hands are like, are, like all around the entire burger and he's holding it like a squirrel. <laughs> and uh, and James Marsden is his older brother who's mm-hmm. he's living in his shadow and he's really bossy and domineering mm-hmm. like like a James
1: Marsden would be. Um. <laughs> and, that was and James funny. Marsden's so cute, too. That was funny, because Courtney and I had this whole conversation about how James Marsden is one of those people who, even though he's very conventionally attractive, there's no reason not to like him. We both were like, there's just something about him that I've never... Really cared or gravitated towards, or gravitated yeah. towards,
2: whereas he's we too both perfect. See, it almost, might be it.
1: Almost, I was yeah. like, I, yeah, I've never once
0: like looked up pictures of exactly. James Mars. Whereas Where's Bentley? I have. Oh, like, exactly. I, I was, wonder
2: how <laughs> symmetrical his face is. Probably perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Except 100%. I think his smile's a little crooked, or is I it? could be wrong, but maybe he's got like a bigger. Dimple you know, on he one has. Side. He has Disney cartoon character eyes. That's why he was Edward in Enchanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it yeah. looks
1: like he was taken out of a storybook, and it's confusing. Using for me, and it's yeah. perfect, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. He's so cute, but I would like to see Disney Prince Wes Bentley.
3: <laughs>
0: um, and then we watched Me and Earl mm-hmm. and the Dying Girl, which we were both just in
1: tears at the end. Oh, it's very sad, yeah. yeah. So you've seen it too, I have seen okay. it, yeah. It was just oh, you know what I said? This is, I mean, I think it's pretty clear from the title that she dies in the end, but spoilers, yeah, at the end. The boy, he is looking around her room and I just got really overcome with this thing and the movie and was about to end and I turned to Courtney and I'm like, I've been trying to muster up to say something that's like affecting me right now, but I just like kept crying. <laughs> and she was crying too, but yeah. I was like, I just keep thinking about cause he's walking around her room and looking at stuff and I'm like, every single person on this earth is gonna make a room look different you know everything in that room is reflective of her personality Mm -hmm. nobody else would make it look like that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have those books they wouldn't have those pictures like the wallpaper and I just had this overwhelming sense of like every person is unique and he's looking at this room that's representative of her and she's dead and I was like it's also
2: like it's her stuff and it's her fingerprint you know what I mean like remember when we watched Courtney uh, Sorry for Your Loss Oh, there's this Mm. part where they go to, they Mm. are grieving because Elizabeth Olsen's husband died. And they go to his house, their house, and try to clean up the stuff. And Kelly Marie Tran goes, she's like, I'll do the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom and she's cleaning all the stuff out of the cabinet and she finds his razor and there's pieces of his stubble in it. Mm. And it's like that's remnants of. ...a human being. Yeah. And he's... It was very... That's something you don't think about when someone... You really don't.
1: Also because... Those remnants haven't changed... Mm-hmm. Those remnants are the same, whether he's alive or dead. And, like, his razor's gonna live on longer than him. And yeah. Get, get <laughs> ready for like, for, like, a really... <laughs> all three of the girls start
0: crying It's gonna podcast. get really
1: existential tonight, just yeah, especially with other things we like, talk us about. In this is right yeah. pointing us in the right direction. It's so... Sorry to say that other things on yeah. my watch list, or that I've watched, don't quite continue the theme. I... <laughs> (laughs) Guys, this was a big week for Sammy Boy. He had (laughs) a movie come out last week and a TV show drop. So Mm -hmm. I went and saw both. I saw Best of Enemies. I told Courtney about it. Um, I didn't talk to you much about it, Kimmy. No, I didn't know that you had... Essentially, I think, to make it short, because it's not that exciting to talk about, um, I think it was... You know how people have an issue with Green Book because it's like... Here's this movie about a A white white man solving racism. Yeah. Uh, This one, even though... Because it kind of gave us that same vibe of it's a white man who's solving racism. I think this is a better story because it's also based on another true story. And this one is... This was a man who was the most racist and actually a, a person who was advocating for, you know, segregation. And then in the end of the film actually puts in a vote basically breaks the 50/50 of ending segregation for schools in that town. Mm. So it's like this was a real thing that caused a real change About because real of change. this. Yeah. yeah, a change that actually was made because of this one person who nobody thought was going to help. Yeah, and he was fantastic. Uh, I actually watched I watched him on Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon back to back and he was promoting Fosse-Verdon on, I think, I can't remember which was which, but he was promoting one of each on each of them, hmm. so I watched those clips basically right back to back, the one from Best of Enemies and the one from Fosse-Verdon, and I was like, man, he's just so good. <laughs> he's so he's so good at playing a different character. He's adorable boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I told Courtney, though, that I was like, watching Fosse-Verdon, I think I've now come over that threshold of... I like him so much that I kind of just enjoy watching him no matter what now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I called it the Amy
1: threshold. She did. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we call that to the Amy threshold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I watched Bridesmaids, another Kristen wig. Nice. Yeah. Bridesmaids is so funny, you guys. Oh, it's so good. I
2: just recently watched Bridesmaids. So did I. Whoa, you guys. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> yep.
1: And I, I always know that it is, but I never really get the urge to watch it. And I was know. just cracking up the entire time. Oh, it's Kimmy, so funny. Kimmy went to a wedding, and didn't you
0: say you guys all were gonna have shirts with bridesmaids' quotes on them? That didn't end up by happening, Aww. but
2: that's where I watched Bridesmaids my sister and I in the hotel room. It So you watched it this last week? Yeah, it we did oh, nice. <laughs> It turned on, on the on the hotel TV, and we were like, oh. Sweet. And we
1: were just talking about watching movies in hotel
2: rooms. Yeah. yeah, wow. It's almost like we talk to each other all the time. <laughs> this was on cable, it was not on demand. Okay. Um, What I watched, I
0: did thankfully knock off um, Unicorn Store. I was excited that you watched that. Yeah, and I would really love to talk to someone about it, so (laughs) please watch it. (laughs) I was going to watch it
1: this weekend, but then obviously I ran out of time. Because it is just... It's a messy movie. <laughs> it's it's
0: not perfect. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about it was definitely just all credited to her of her directing and the style. My biggest issue with the movie was the writing. The writing was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very... This is so quirky, isn't it? This is so quirky. There's literally a line in the movie where she, she gets in a fight with somebody and she's like, I'm so sorry, the only person I ever get in a fight with is my Care Bears and they don't get mad back. And I, like... <laughs> Her whole character trait is get it, she's a girl who can't grow up. That's why she's dressed like a uh, Alita Battle Angel the entire <laughs> She's wearing nothing but striped sweaters. And I, I dress pretty immature, I would say. I know that about myself. Like, I'm always in colored tights and a skirt and, like, a shirt um, and sneakers. Like, I, I don't think I dress like, you know, a, a late 20s person. But this character, like, Brie is 30, and she's she's dressed like an 11-year-old the mm-hmm. whole show. And all she talks about are her stuffed animals and... It's just, it was very just immature, and that was the point of the character, and so yeah, she, it was very tropey and very cliche, so she had to only go for, like, the big emotions. Yeah. It was like, I'm either super upset and angry at you, and "Ugh, I'm angry, or like, I'm so happy, I'm
1: over the moon. Um, it kind of yeah. makes me think of, which in the trailer, I really liked it, but now I'm just grabbing that, and it looks like what her whole character sounds like, the mm-hmm. very last line of the trailer where she goes, oh, the unicorn star, and she's sipping her drink, Yes. Remember that? That's yeah. kind of what it, the whole vibe feels like. Yep.
0: Whereas I really liked the opening trailer where it's her face, like, looking up and smiling at what she's painting when she's painting all over the yeah, walls. Yeah, I like that. And that was, like, a nice, fresh face that I saw from her. And I was like, that's good. Good for you. Is it yeah. from a,
2: of a, is it an original or is it from some source material?
0: It is original, but it's not her writing. Oh. So that's what I watched. And anything else? Anyone? Think that's no? It? All right. So we're going to move forward to, uh... Swiss Army Man, and the questions just keep coming. We're going to ask three questions this week uh, that are related to the movie. So the first question is going to be, what is a movie you love that really portrays happiness very well? Or the idea of happiness or the search for it, where the characters are really striving to reach that, and that's their main goal. Yeah, I would say a movie where...
1: The main theme, theme is, is happiness. looking for happiness. Yeah. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I think that Little Miss Sunshine is a really good one for that. Nice. Ooh, that and is good. An honorable mention, which kind of ties into it in the same way, is It's a Wonderful Life, because these both revolve around characters that tried to kill themselves and now... Mm. Not revolve around. I mean, Steve Carell isn't the main character in a Little Miss Sunshine, but... They both involve people who at one point tried to commit suicide, and now they're in this environment where... I did not know that happened in It's Wonderful Life. Have you not seen it? No. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole... The movie is he goes and he jumps in the lake and an angel saves him, and the way that an angel gets its wings is if it saves a person, and he basically shows him what life would have been like if he died as a little kid. And everybody's lives are horrible without him. That one, Little Miss Sunshine, I mean, there's... The whole family, really, has to learn... A lot of them have disappointment. The son ends up finding out he's colorblind. Steve Carell tries to kill himself. Uh... Adle Breslin
0: has to experience body image issues for the first time yeah. when she's really young. I mean that's kind of yeah that's, that's girlhood for yeah, you but yeah. it's just
1: really sad to see that happen. Well especially if you're doing pageant mm-hmm. life of course like like it's thrust upon you yeah everyone being able to come together and find
2: happiness just in their normal lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you want to go next? Sure. I picked um, seeking a friend for the end of the world. And if you don't know what this is, it's Keira Knightley and Steve Carell. Hey, another Steve Carell. Hey. <laughs> hey, and, he's not in my answer. <laughs> okay, it's been a long while since I've seen it, but uh, the end of the world is imminent, and it's these people searching for what they believe is going to bring them happiness within their last few oh. uh, days of life on Earth. It's it's days imminent? Yeah, it's, it's, it's several weeks. days. Yeah. It's, it's a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. They're like, this is how long. Why I'm is back? it? Because you said an asteroid? Asteroid. Yeah, I think it's an asteroid. Okay. And they think that they're going to be fulfilled by certain things, but it's not really the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and which that, Sally I'll, is short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like, if you haven't seen it, I won't ruin it, but the end of the movie just takes my breath away. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. so good,
0: Kayleen. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. Yeah. I want to watch it again. Let's all watch it together. I would love to. Um, So I have honorable mentions for this one. Um, And my first honorable mention would be Sunshine Cleaning. um, Because that's just a really beautiful movie about um, people who are really not happy in life. Um, And so it's
2: Amy Adams. We did have
0: both Sunshine titles. We did have Sunshine titles. Amy Adams plays a woman named Rose. And Emily Blunt is her sister. And they're both just... Failures in in every way is what it feels like, you know. Divorce. Um, I think Emily Blunt's character is like out of rehab, can't keep jobs, and Amy Adams is a cleaner, and she decides. Have you seen it? Uh, uh-uh. I haven't. I, I've been meaning to see it. Oh, it's we so talk good. about it a lot. Yeah, and it's I, on Netflix. Oh, good. We should watch it. All right. Um, and she ends up somehow stumbling upon her dream job that she didn't know because she's a maid, um, and she decides to start cleaning up. The, uh, people's houses of people who died. Mm. And so she, um, you know, goes into their homes and cleans up all the blood and stuff from, oh. like, suicides or from people who died in bed. And that's, like, a whole job because, you know, you have to have the right kind of chemicals and all that stuff to take care of, like, dead bodies and everything. So she's mm-hmm. not a coroner. She just cleans the houses and just finds so much passion in it. And it's got a lot of heart, and it's really funny, but it also just makes you cry. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's, it's really good, um, and it's definitely about happiness and about trying to reach that and she finds it in a weird way cool. and that's not a spoiler or anything it happens very early in the movie that she gets that job yeah and then uh, my actual answer and this is a weird one is wild with Reese Witherspoon I haven't seen oh, that I've never seen that either okay because it is about a woman who is just her life she's, she's wild is in shambles she is broken um it opens with her because she's she's deciding to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. From... It's a little
1: bit autobiographical, isn't it? It's a true story,
0: oh, yeah, okay. and the book is amazing. It's by Cheryl Strayed, and she starts in the very bottom of California and hikes up to Oregon um, all on her own as a way of coping with her divorce and her mother's passing away, and it's really sad, and, you know, it opens with her, like, just struggling and, her shoe, like, is, is broken, and she's got these disgusting blisters when she takes it off, and she just is trying to, like, fix her shoe, and it falls off a cliff. <laughs> and so, and she screams, and out of just complete screaming,
1: she rips off the
0: other one and chucks <laughs> that one,
1: too. Um, is this a really good Reese Witherspoon acting? Amazing. Okay, because I feel... Amazing. Just from what I've heard about it, it seems like it really probably brought her out of...
0: Yes, and it, it, yes, she did just a phenomenal job, and that year was a really tough year for Oscars because it was her up against Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl. I mean, mm. she deserved
1: that. She won, right? She did not. She did not? Oh. Because
0: Julianne Moore won for Still Alice. Oh, never mind. She deserved See, that. It was, it was like, I was like, no, all these people, <laughs> give no men get to win this
1: year. Give two Best Actress not winners, be winners or don't. something. Right? <laughs> They're like, you didn't bring it to the level can these we, ladies did. Can we have um, Bonnie and Clyde go up there and read a woman's <laughs> name? <laughs> Actually, Best Actor goes to Rosamund Pike. <laughs> I would love that.
0: Yeah, so that was a tough one, but I, I can't recommend that movie enough. It's it's so sad, but it's so beautiful, and it's just about a woman really overcoming um, and just walking until her life is figured out and you know maybe realizing that that's not going to solve all your problems, but it is a journey about happiness, and I'm yeah. just so proud of Cheryl Strayed. And
1: that gives um, you a lot of time to kind of be alone with your thoughts, too. It's mm-hmm. a little meditative. Alrighty, uh, our next
0: question is kind of the flip side of this one of a movie that really
2: centers around death. Okay. Um, this one, I don't think it's my favorite, but I think it talks about it very well. It's This Is Where I Leave You, It's about a family who goes home to their hometown, uh, their parents' hometown, to sit Shiva for their father, and they are all very different siblings, and they're dealing with their mother, who's um, accepting the grief a little better than everybody else, and you see in what ways that they're damaged, in which ways they flourish, and how they personally deal with this passing, and... Just the different ways that people deal with grief and coming to terms with that and acceptance and and stuff that you've done in your past. Because they come home to their hometown mm-hmm. and there's stuff that comes up there that's kind of like reminiscent of their past. And like, oh yeah, I remember when this, you did this. And they just have to kind of commiserate with that. And then coming together and moving on past the, I think
0: adult sibling relationships aren't that explored very much in movies. I agree. So that's pretty Skeleton cool. twins
2: is oh, that so right? Good. Yeah. yeah, cool.
1: Is it really sad?
2: It's not really sad. It's more of a comedy, but oh, there's okay. definitely like Jason Bateman has like a breakdown about how he never got to do certain things with his father and how mm-hmm. he thinks that he's a certain way, never knew. And that's, that's really sad because you don't really get to see. Um, Jason Bateman in that way, yeah, um, and that was really I mean, nice. I kind of want to watch that show Ozark because I bet that is what he's like. Mm-hmm. That's a drama. Yeah, I, I bet. See I bet that he's too. really good in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've heard good things about Ozark with your fave, Laura <laughs> Ah <laughs> Is she really? I think so. She's Hi, not well, my she's fave. It. I don't even know the
0: woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, can we? I want to do an honorable mention for the Babadook. That one is pretty much the moral is you can't just ignore grief. You have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's kind of the way to end up getting past it to some capacity.
2: Acceptance.
1: Uh, Acceptance. Feeling it first. Feeling it first. You can't jump to the acceptance and be like, I did it! (laughs) I totally accept this now. It's a big struggle, but you can't just wipe it under the rug. You gotta deal with it. It's fun that that's in a horror film.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think when we watched it for the first time, Daniel said, "Do you guys know what it's about?" and we didn't. And he was like, "Well, I don't want to tell you what the metaphor is until you've watched it." And I didn't get it on my own and he said it and I was like, "That is very cool." Mhm. Yeah. Uh, but my actual pick is Big Fish. Mm -hmm. We were actually having a conversation about, because of the categories that we have for our questions, this one kind of falls into all three, you'll see when we say the third question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think mostly it falls into death because it's about the dad who is dying, these are all the stories that he's told, and we're getting to see them, and... Uh, It's like... uh it's really it's beautiful such a good movie. <laughs> I've only seen it one time. And it's so fun. There are other movies I feel this way about, but there are just some movies where you watch it and you're like I've never seen something like that. It's so unique and it has a vibe that is unlike anything else. And this one felt like that to me when I watched it. I've never seen anything like this movie. Mm -hmm. I've only seen it once. I would love to watch it again. I want to watch it again. I do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it three times. Can we watch it tonight? Oh my god. Every time I watch it. It's very good. So good. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Alrighty. For my answer, I've got some honorable mentions, and I'll keep them short. Those would be The Lovely Bones. Because I mean, that's the entire thing—is the afterlife and what, what's happened since her death. And I just—that movie is just so beautiful, mm-hmm. and I love their depiction of heaven. And then another one is *Wrist Cutters*, and the full title of that is *Wrist Cutters: A Love Story*. Hmm. And the premise is about everyone who kills themselves—you actually go into another world, the afterlife. Same. So it's a world of. People have only killed themselves because they they were trying to escape their life. They were trying to end it. They were trying to, like, lessen the pain. And so they took their own lives. And then they end up in this world where everyone is there. And, and everyone is like that. And everyone is like that. And it's a comedy. And, you know, like, they can, I think, uh, like, some things carry over, like, scars carry over so people can see, like, how you did it. And Whoa. then there's, like, the question of, like, well, how would this person do it if they if they don't look like they have anything? And it's... Really interesting, and it's about um, this guy and this girl who t- tried to get out. They're they're gonna find their way out of this world, oh. and they, <laughs> they they don't kill know themselves. If, they don't know if they should kill themselves because whatever, There's another like level it's after inception. that, and there's you know all these urban legends like within their world of like, well, don't do it again because like it'll just get worse. And so they go on a road trip to see if they can get to the end of it, and it's huh. it's hmm. really really good. Um, Who's in it? Patrick Fugit. Who is the boy from Almost Famous. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And the cop in Gone Girl. (laughs) Oh. My actual answer is 50-50 with Seth Rogen and JGL. (laughs) And Anna
1: Kendrick. And Anna Kendrick. One of my, one of the roles that I, I don't hate Anna Kendrick. I just find her to be the same in everything and she's really good in this movie.
2: Oh, I like Anna Kendrick. (laughs) I think she's the same. Who plays his girlfriend? Oh, I think it's Bryce Dallas Howard.
1: is it? Yes.
0: Is it? Yeah, who dumps him when yeah. she finds out that he has cancer. <laughs> that's funny. I think that's true. I'm pretty sure it's Bryce Dallas Howard. And so that's just a really, really good movie of facing your mortality, like, so close. And it's about, you know, a guy who's so healthy and so so vibrant in his life, and then this happens. But then you also kind of realize that he wasn't living life to the fullest. He's yeah. kind of a scaredy cat, and he's, he's really been shying away from so much in life, and this, like, pushes him out of that end. I've only seen it twice and left, like, a huge gap in between my seeing it. I saw it in theaters and then years later saw it again. And so I kind of forgot a lot. So it'd be nice to watch it again and be like, oh, wow. Because, yeah, I totally forgot about the whole, like, Bryce Mm -hmm. Dallas Howard situation.
1: I do remember having the thought of it kind of shines a light on, you know, a lot of times when people that you know or friends of people you know have cancer it's always, oh, they're doing so well, they're so strong, yeah. look at their positivity, and he's totally, this sucks, I hate this, I want to mope around and feel sorry for myself. Which is a lot
0: like what, um... Like a human. Yeah, me and yeah. Earl and the Dying Girl, like, she's she doesn't want to hear from people, like, God has a plan for you, right. or like, you're doing so great, stay
2: strong. She's like, actually today I just want to watch movies all day and yeah. cry, yeah. and yeah, that's fair. I feel like there's so many good recommendations coming out right now. I mean, I, we... So, me and Kimmy absolutely loved the movie we're explaining yes. this week. So, we just
0: want to talk and talk and yeah. talk about it. Yes. So let's Which get on five.
2: to question three. Last question. Kimmy, take it away. What is the most creative movie that you've ever seen? Because we really want to say this one. Yes. <laughs> if, this was, if this question was asked in a different podcast, I would say this movie. Cool. But I can't. Yeah. Right. So, I picked something that... <laughs> Really, probably isn't the most creative movie that I've ever seen, yeah. but it really got me. I'm saying this movie, and partly uh, the reason why I'm saying it is because I actually saw it immediately in succession the same night as seeing Swiss Army Man for the first time. Did you really? Oh, yep. Yes, that's fun. It's colossal. Oh, you guys ever nice. Seen it? Oh no, yeah. I haven't. But what? what you haven't seen it? No, but Ooh. it is
1: creative. I know about the. Poems. I could
2: have sworn we've talked at length about Colossal, <laughs> Kaylee. No. Oh, me and Kimmy have that probably. Okay. okay, colossal with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I just there's parts in the movie where my mouth was literally hanging open <laughs> because I thought it was so well done mm-hmm. storytelling wise. Like there's this part where if you don't know what the movie's about, it's she she finds out that she's connected to a giant monster on the other side of the world that's destroying cities. Yeah. If she shows up in a playground, right? If she's in the sandbox. If she's in the sandbox. Oh, it's
1: specifically the sandbox. Yeah. And she, she has you to be find in the out, one
2: sandbox. Yeah. You find out why that is later okay. on in the movie.
1: I didn't know that. I thought sometimes it was literally just her sleepwalking around her house or something. No, yeah. no, it's okay. just just
2: in the sandbox. Cool. And Jason Sudeikis throughout the entire movie is like her buddy, maybe potential like love interest. And then it there's a major Never mind. What? <laughs> Like, can't even watch it. Okay, I'm let well, like, watch it. <laughs> okay. A, the most creative part is they show the monster from her perspective stamping on people uh-huh. in the sandbox, but it's it's not in the city. It's just her face and the sounds of the people screaming oh. in the city getting destroyed can be heard from all the way across the world. It's really—I know it's, what you mean—it's so creative. Yeah, that's you have cool. to watch it. It's amazing. I was flabbergasted. It's so good. Oh, wow, yeah. guys. I knew that
1: you liked it, but I, now I really want to watch it like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's so super good. creative. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. My pick is The Truman Show. I'll give an honorable mention to Stranger Than Fiction. They both kind of have, no, I guess they're not similar, but I'm just thinking I really like existentially type things. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, where I like The Truman Show a lot. I've only seen it once, per Christian's recommendation. I love Jim Carrey. He was my favorite actor as a kid, him and Robin Williams. This was not the first one that I saw of him doing serious, but I think it's a really good one. When when you don't know what's happening, it's really fun to watch because I kind of had an idea what it was about. I knew that it was something that people were hiding from him, but just watching him go about his day and knowing something is off and not quite knowing the secret is really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool concept and I like that he gets out. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. In the world of psychology, so many therapists were getting people who thought they were Truman Showed. Like that's a that's a no. serious that's a serious syndrome now of people no who think their life is a simulation that everyone is an actor and it's like it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's people who, uh, you know, are, like, are paranoid or right. have other issues and stuff like that, but they that's been a big thing. Of wow.
2: So many people have thought that they've had, like, Truman Show syndrome. Did more cases of that come out after the movie came out? Yeah. Like, the movie wow. really propelled it of I people. Bet, yeah. I
1: bet some people kind of already thought that, but then there was something to connect to. They were, like, validation. Yeah. Yeah. What's I'm seriously? so sorry with all
0: my honorable mentions. There's so many, really? um, and I'll just go through them really fast because I'm thinking of them right now. Now that you said Truman Show, hmm. and that's um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, yeah, because totally. that premise, insane. Awesome. That's yeah. an insane premise, and it's also beautiful. And like that might even be my answer, but just um, Jim Carrey how they're like traveling through kind of worlds and scenes and memories and moments, and you know, like when they they play themselves as little kids, yeah, and uh it is just a beautifully creative movie Mm -hmm. um with a super good cast all throughout um and then just kind of like in that same vein of like mind bendy trippy things and also just with the most ridiculous premise i've ever heard of is being john malkovich oh yeah where people go inside john malkovich and you get to control john malkovich (laughs) and i mean like what why did they pick what a good sport because his name is so good yeah last honorable mention is ruby sparks which is a Paul oh, right. Dano, Zoe Kazan movie about a writer who peaked way too early. He was like a, like, a, like a genius author with a best-selling book at, I think, age 18. And now he's kind of troubled and stuck in his life and really confused. And he starts typing up a story about kind of his dream girl and she comes to life. And it gets to be really... Does
1: he name her Ruby Sparks? He does. Because he's a silly He's
0: name. literally <laughs> making like a manic pixie dream girl.
3: Oh, That's what she
0: is, and she's perfect, and she sings all the time, and she cooks him food, and she is adorable, and she's got all these quirks and stuff, and it's a beautiful, sweet love story until you realize, like, there's a huge flaw in it, and, like, his moral compass is just backwards because... He ends up controlling her, and it gets really, yeah. really sad really fast. Yeah. She clearly doesn't have a choice in the matter.
1: and um, that sounds
2: really good. It's Ooh, amazing.
1: This is a little bit off our podcast topic, uh, or our podcast theme, but that just makes me really want to recommend that people read BJ Novak's book of short stories, mm. One More Thing. Yeah. Because the story that has that title, One More Thing, in it, I think yes. it's called... It's Sophia? Either- it was the best story in the book, and it kind of deals with that same kind of question, mm-hmm. and it was so amazing.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It amazing.
0: So good. So I think my actual answer, though, and it's, it's definitely not as, I don't know, it's, it's simple, but I think it's really creative. It's beginners. Have oh. you seen that? Yeah. With Ewan McGregor and Melanie Laurent and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, my dad. Your dad. (laughs) It's a really straightforward and super simple movie, and it really ties into the idea of happiness and death, but it's told in this creative way with a lot of establishing shots and narration, where the narrator is Ewan and he establishes things, and so he'll say things like this is this, this is this, this is this, and he'll explain it, but it all connects into the scene that's about to take place. You know, like, this is a person crying. This is a person happy. This is what a quarter looks like. Oh, that's funny. And And then they all appear. And then they all kind of come together in it, or they all have to deal with, like, an overarching thing that is established in the scene. Um... And I just remember when I watched that, I was like, "You can
2: do that! Yeah. You can you can do that in a movie? What? What's You happening? can do whatever you want." It's and the same as they is the the same person who made 20th Century Women, right? Yes, Mike Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene in Swiss Army Man, which we are gonna
0: get to talking about right now, that is just like that. Cool. Where he is narrating and showing you things as he's explaining it, so kind of like snapshots or slideshow. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which we talked about, like it's just that style thing. I will say we talked about Vice when we were talking about voiceovers. Mm. I loved the little edits they did, and most importantly to me, the tea cups—how they were getting placed throughout the film, and and then they fall. I really do
0: loved the game pieces that were put out for when they're when they're like establishing where Dick Cheney is in every part of the government. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, to begin our discussion of Swiss Army Man, Kayleen. What do you think Swiss
1: Army Man is about? Yes. What do you think? <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't watch a trailer in preparation for this, but I have seen trailers. I know Danny Rodcliffe is dead, but I also know that he kind of interacts with Paul Dano to some degree. I don't know how much that degree is. Uh, I scale know scale of
0: one to ten. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: like I think he speaks words like we do, like English. But doesn't talk as much as a normal person and talks as if almost zombie like. Okay. But I think he has way less mobility than a zombie. I'm under the impression that he can't move at all, as if a zombie were alive but couldn't do anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I know it's called Swiss Army Man because his body gets used for a bunch of random things, like how a Swiss Army knife can do a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I know they're in the woods. I don't think they knew each other before. I think this is a stranger, but I could be wrong. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I got up my sleeve. I have no idea about anyone else in the movie or if we even see anyone else in the movie. I assume we do because I think that somebody gets shot or knifed. Uh, That happened
2: in the trailer? I don't know what she's talking about. No, she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's all I got. I know exactly which part you're talking about, it's it's not even a okay. person. <laughs> mm. But we'll talk about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> that's all I got. I know what it is then. <laughs> I'm so uh, excited. Yes, and
0: we we are like very prepared this time. We made Yay. like an, an ordered list. Oh, sweet. So, Kami, I'll leave it like that so you can see, but you're going first with that.
2: Great. Okay, so I think that it's important to talk about a fun fact before cool. we begin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really nice fact. I love fun facts. Paul Dano revealed in an interview that he wanted to be in the movie after only hearing a one-sentence synopsis <gasps> from the two directors, who are both named Dan. Whoa. Daniel. Um, specifically, the directors told him that they wanted to make a movie where, quote, the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry.
0: Aww. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kayleen. <laughs> hey, and get ready for just so many farts. So much. <laughs> That might be the title of this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a major theme It's funny is because farting. it makes it sound like the movie's bad by saying get ready for somebody fart. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Uh,
0: there's going to be a... I, I, I really wish somebody would go through and, and watch it
2: and
1: like tally cool. them up.
2: That'd be fun. How many times they fart, how many times they talk about farts. Yeah. How many times the word fart is used. It yeah. seems like
1: something that would be in the, you know, a hundred things wrong with... Blank movie oh, and like they count semester. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's get into this. Film opens. We are on an island surrounded by water. <laughs> 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 Which is typical of islands. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dano is about to hang himself. Okay. He's hanging himself from a rock cavern. It's very clear he's been stranded on this island for quite a while, or it appears that way, and he's at his wits' end. He's humming quietly to himself, tying himself up, ready to jump off a cooler. And he's gonna kill himself. Immediately, getting some really, really strong castaway vibes. He's got the beard. He's got the beard. Um, and, th- and, um. He's holding a volleyball. I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> but his I, name is Wilson. Actually. Oh, well, his name? Hold on. We'll get there. He, he, um, I think that that's really interesting that the first uh, thing that I thought of when we're opening on this movie is that. You know, Castaway seems like a big inspiration because it totally was. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you get a guy who's stranded alone on an island by himself to talk and engage in dialogue? You give him an inanimate object yeah. or a dead body. Mm-hmm. And what is really interesting is that the name of Paul Dano's character is Hank um, Thompson. Thompson Tom Hanks. Oh,
1: <laughs> funny! Yeah, yeah they Thompson. did that on purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Cool. He's uh, literally he's about to jump off of this cooler. He's scanning the ocean shore and suddenly he spots a dead body on the shore. And he's, He
1: has the noose around his neck right? Yes.
2: He sees it, he trips off the cooler. He's choking. He's going to die. The rope snaps. He falls down. He runs over to the dead body. Wake up. Oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay? And he realizes that it that the body is dead and has been... Not gonna for, come back. Yeah, you know, and, um... He's distraught. Yeah. And so he realizes this,
0: this person's not gonna save him. He goes back and puts the noose back on, and he's going to kill himself
2: again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but then... <laughs> Something starts rumbling. He looks over at the dead body, who is very distracting with the expelling of gas from his body, which happens to dead bodies.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dead bodies. uh uh-huh. That's they, such a sad part and of they dying. Like, they, like, pee and stuff.
2: Like your yeah. whole everything, everything relaxes. empties, yeah. everything
0: empties, and so it's he's, a very comical, yeah, fart sequence okay. of just Daniel Radcliffe's entire lower body bouncing like he's
2: on top of, um, like a washing machine, what? like he's yeah. oh god, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. It's so distracting that Hank, that's Paul Dano's character, can't focus on killing himself. He decides that he needs to go over, he gets kind of like a burst of hope. And here we have the first song of the movie. What? <laughs> and it's, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. There are so many songs and it's a musical. Yes. What? <laughs> it's not a musical in the way that you would think it was a musical, but um it's better. They sing a lot <laughs> wow. in the film. And I knew that
1: Daniel Radcliffe could sing because he's been on Broadway. Yeah. Paul, Dano Paul Dano can sing.
2: Well the problem the thing is that the songs don't need to be sung very well. They're gotcha. kind of nonsensical, um, humming and humming whispering and acapella kind of choral arrangement okay. and just kind of noises. Yeah, okay. and he bursts into song. He goes over to the dead body, and well, it's because the dead body like kind of tumbles into the
0: ocean, and you see it staying afloat because his he's, the air. he's farting so much. Oh. So he's kind of just like revving. And he looks a bit like a jet ski. Yeah. So Paul Dano goes over to it, and (laughs) and he takes the noose that was around him and kind of like wraps it around Daniel Radcliffe, whose face is in the water, and then he yanks down his pants so that his butt is exposed, and it is really like farting a whole bunch, and then lifts his body up backwards like a jet ski. And rides him like a jet ski, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just like how it starts. <laughs> and this is That's our title sequence, where the, he is what Daniel the Radcliffe's fuck? body is a full blown jet ski, and they're they're yes. sailing across the ocean at very fast speeds. Wow! Powered Lapping. by his butt. Paul Dano and is laughing. Paul laughing Dano, hysterically. Yeah. He's it's the opening it's the opening credits and you see Paul Dano cheering and like holding like the reins on yeah. Daniel Radcliffe with salt water in his face wind blowing in his hair and he's cheering and he's smiling and then it says Paul Dano and then it goes down to Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> whose face keeps smacking the water
2: and it's Daniel Radcliffe That's so funny <laughs> Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Title sequence. That's what we're
0: dealing with here. Yep. Next thing we wanted to talk about is just a major things that are coming around in this movie are beautiful... (laughs) Cinematography shots? <laughs> <laughs> the
2: cinnamon topography is... The cinnamon topo- topography is gorgeous. The movie has just begun. We're not ten minutes into the movie. I'm already crying because oh, of how beautiful so- it is. Oh. It's so It's yes. so beautiful.
0: And then even more beautiful to me is the music. Yes. I've listened to this soundtrack a lot because <sighs> it's just... It's stunning. The and real music or
2: them singing? They've both, recorded both. all okay. of the original songs from the movie. Yeah,
0: and it's written and performed on the soundtrack too by um, the lead singer of a band that I loved in high school called hmm. Manchester Orchestra. Cool. When they're and it's really beautiful indie
2: music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's lots of good songs. Hank uh, floats onto another shore. Yeah. He he's passed out. He swallowed a lot of water. He opens his eyes and he realizes. That he's on a completely different terrain. He cheers and shouts. He finds some cheese puffs because there's a lot of trash on this other, you know, land. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he also realizes that the dead body has washed up there with him. He feels like he needs to take the dead body with him and that he'll carry him to safety or wherever the next destination is for them.
0: Here's this cute line where he's like, I'm going to take you. We're going to make it. I'm going to be so buff from
3: carrying you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so they end up in a cave, and it's nighttime. The dead body is very much just a dead body. It's just lying there, and in the cave, it starts to, it's raining. As the night goes on and there's rain, um, water is dripping into Daniel Radcliffe's mouth. We get another song we get another song and this is like one of my favorite songs because um basically hank curls up with the dead body Mm -hmm. and he just needs to like feel some connection and he's he's talking to um him and he's saying you know when i was younger my mom used to sing me this lullaby i can't remember the words to it though um and so he starts making up his own words it's just the most beautiful song and the lyrics are crazy i'm fucking crazy (laughs) I thought I was rescued, but you're just a dead dude. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful song, yeah.
1: and I turned
2: to Kimmy, and I was like, this is a better soundtrack than Vox Lux. <laughs> the songs are very crude and raw and kind of unfiltered, totally how, if you were stranded, how you would entertain yourself, you know. Right. You yeah. were, it just kind
1: of reminds me of, you know, not we're not the only friend group to do this, but if there's like a song on the radio and then we change the words to be funny. Just yeah. like on this podcast. Or I just sing what I'm doing sometimes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, Paul Dano is very What does the water dripping into his mouth have to do with this? This is what we're talking about. Okay. Um, Hank is very thirsty. He's very hungry. He can't catch a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes over to the dead body. And pushes on it slightly. Well, first it starts kind of like throwing up. Kind of throwing oh. up. Water is kind of coming out of its mouth. He's like, what the heck? He goes over. Like and, kind of the way a person drowning would? Yeah. Yeah, except for he's really immobile. It's just water expelling out of his body. Okay. And he goes and pushes on his chest and a fountain of water shoots out of his mouth. He freaks out. He finds a cup. <laughs> he gets he gets it underneath the dead body's mouth and fills it up and smells it and tries to check and see and make sure that it's safe and Ew. he drinks it and it's real water Ew. and he keeps pressing it. He's screaming and shouting,
0: yes, oh I have water. And it's a comical, like, fire hydrant amount of water oh shooting out of him. <laughs> and that's his first use as a Swiss Army man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technically,
1: the first use was as a jets. ski. True. 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 Wow,
0: well, it's like you've seen the movie. <laughs> and so... Basically, what is happening now, he's, he's really talking to the dead body a lot, and he then decides he's going to make the dead body talk. And so, he grabs his mouth, and he, like, pulls out his tongue, and he's, like,
2: moving his jaw and pretending to have him speak. Air was coming out, and it sounded like... It sounded like something was happening. So. It sounded like noise was trying to escape the body. Mm-hmm. Or something.
0: And so he thinks he's trying to talk and because he's, you know, kind of raspy and just making these sounds, Paul Dano um, says to him something kind of mean about like how you can't talk like that. You can't go through life mumbling. And then he says something that's going to be repeated. I sound like my dad. Like when I was younger, I had a hard time speaking and my dad would always try to fix it. And so there's like this whole idea and theme that we're going to get into about just trying to like fix our flaws mm. and or hide them. Um, And so you hear this from Paul Dano about how he's he's had these issues. And so then he's talking to him, though. And he's just like, okay, buddy. And Daniel Radcliffe just goes, okay, buddy. (laughs) And he freaks out. (laughs) I think he like slaps him or something or like punches him him in the face (laughs) and like backs up. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe starts to sing that crazy song that he sang him the night before. Oh.
3: He's
0: <laughs> like, you weren't you weren't supposed to hear you that. You were supposed to hear that. And yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, in a zombie voice, is like, I like that singing.
1: And it's cute.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. He pushes on so, his body some more. When
1: you guys are seeing this part, what does this give you the impression of as far as... What he is, I suppose. So I
0: think he's zombie. Okay, like that's just what they're going for. He's not a but, person, but he's like a an immobile
1: zombie. He cannot walk. Like is alive, then, like not dead alive. Yep. I guess okay. it's kind
2: of. And they they this isn't a spoiler or anything. They talk about it, and they're pretty self aware throughout the whole movie. He says, "You know, maybe this is all in my head." Okay, you know, because mm-hmm. um, a part of me thought that you were going to say that he spends so much time
1: making his mouth move, as in just at Paul, the beginning. Right, but I, me predicting what was you were gonna say is I was thinking you were gonna say that Paul Dano kept making his mouth move, yeah, and therefore I was imagining maybe the entire movie they do talk, but it's only now Daniel Radcliffe
0: can talk, okay, and he
1: tells him his name is Manny which and I think is pretty
0: funny. It is funny, because Swiss Army Man. Manny. Man. man. Yeah. Manny.
2: Fun. He's like a mannequin. He teaches. A oh, mannequin, Hank teaches Manny how to talk, and suddenly he's very, he's pretty fluent at speaking, and uh-huh. as the movie goes on, he gets more and more articulate.
0: Oh,
2: cool. He still sounds... <laughs> yeah, dead. dead he yeah. still
0: sounds dead. It's not like in a an annoying or distracting comical way. It's just, that's his that's character's voice. And it's it's really good because he doesn't really ever move his jaw. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of always talking without moving it very much. Uh, what you wanted to talk about next because we're getting into the trash sequence. So you want to talk about that. I like that. Oh, yeah. The trash sequence. So
2: now Manny is, you know, animate. Okay? Yeah. And um, Hank realizes that Manny doesn't really know anything about life and he doesn't know Anything about existing. So he launches into this huge montage about trying to explain to Manny every little detail about being, what being alive and being a human means. There's, it's, you have to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you have to when watch the wrap King.
0: round two. This is the one you're watching. Okay. I mean, I'm down. It's, and it's
1: on Netflix. It's
2: yeah. so intricate what happens next. These jump cuts and quick montages of explaining things in so much detail so quickly. Is this There's, the
1: one that you're comparing to your movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but okay. even faster and even more creative There's no way any explanation that we do is going to be able to capture the creativity of this movie.
0: Because essentially they are surrounded by trash. They're on this island in the woods. Now it's like they're off the beach and they're deep in the woods. And there's trash everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's clear that people have been like camping there. It's clear they've just turned it into an absolute mess. There's junk all over the place. And so he uses it to explain things to him. And he does like really cool things where he's like, these are cheese puffs. And you see like the cheese yeah. puffs. And then he talks about how all this trash is here. And that's another big theme in this movie is trash mm-hmm. and like what we do with it mm-hmm. and how it's worthless to some people. But one man's trash, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what Manny is. Cool. Manny is a dead body, but he is having all these uses for it,
2: him. I think that we'll get into this a little bit more, but the social commentary of this movie is so strong and told in such a unique way, Mm -hmm. and everything that Hank explains to Manny, it's kind of, you know, the humor in this movie is very uh, juvenile and crude and stuff, and actually we learned that a lot of people upon its premiere at Sundance left the theater because they thought it was too immature. Like they didn't give it a chance, basically? Yes. You know, it's not really a movie where you talk about where he explains life, like, and um, getting really philosophical about it. Yeah. How do you explain everything about existence to someone who is experiencing everything for the first time?
1: Yeah.
2: It's like Manny's a baby. So but he
1: doesn't have any of his
2: life memories. None. Okay. And that's a big part of the movie, is helping him remember.
1: And it's,
0: it's kind of fun because there's that's this a big trope in movies is, like, explaining to an alien totally. or explaining to, like, an android or something. And, like, you know, like, an E.T., he's yeah, just exactly. showing him all my toys and all that stuff. And then they do that again Eleven, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. And it, it is just up to who the teacher is. And so yeah. he's, like, these are the things I'm going to teach you because here's what I have with this garbage. Mm-hmm. And here's where I'm going to explain to you what kind of, like, my philosophy is as opposed to, like, exactly. the entire
2: philosophy of the human race. Yeah. While they're traveling along... Manny asks, what do you think I was doing all the way out here? And um, Hank says, you're probably just looking for happiness. That's what everyone does. Mm. Um, And so get ready for a lot of trash and a lot of happiness. (laughs) Yeah. So Manny falls down on the ground and he lands right next to a Sports Illustrated. Oh, cool. And there's a bunch of women in bathing suits on there. They kind of talk about porn a little bit and looking at women and... Uh, Hank says before the internet, every girl was a lot more special, (laughs) uh, which is, I think, you know, important technology, social commentary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he kind of starts describing, you know, what someone might think about if they wanted to envision a life with that person in the magazine, AKA masturbation, you know, imagery or something like that. Um, and he says, well, maybe that girl's name is Jessie. And you love Jessie and you come home and she's like has lunch ready for you and it's just and when when you see her, the hair on the back of your neck stands up and it's so awesome and something is happening. To Daniel. To uh Manny. Manny, sorry. You look at his pants, and he's got this crazy boner. It's like... It's moving all around. It's moving all, all around. around. Like, un, uh, just ridiculous... Like twitching. Yes. Um. And we get some beautiful boner music that comes along There's with it. It's a really this. pretty boner song. <laughs> um. And the reason the song is
0: there, too, and I got to talk about the song for a second, because while he was explaining life to him, he's trying to conjure up memories for, Manny's, for Manny, and he's saying, like... Uh, like he puts cheese dust on his mouth and he's giving him this elaborate story of like maybe when you were a kid your mom told you to go wash your hands but you just lick the cheese dust off of it anyways and Manny's like why are you doing this and he's like i don't know i thought i was going to trigger some like sensory memory things and then the camera would zoom in on you and everything would become clear and the music would swell doo 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 and so Jurassic Park theme song is going to be used a lot. Oh. Acapella. And Manny just looks kind of lost, and he's like, what? And he goes, Jurassic Park, don't you know that song? And he goes, no. And he just goes, Laura Dern, Jurassic Park? And Manny... Laura Linney, Jurassic Park? (laughs) Manny doesn't say anything, and Paul Dano has this great line of, if you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. (laughs) And so then when the boner music comes in... It's, like, the boner um,
2: actually turns out to be a... A compass. It can point (laughs) north.
0: (laughs) It's pointing in the right right direction. That's hilarious. It's actually not... I don't even think it's north. I think it's just
2: telling him where to go. Okay. Yeah, because it's going, like, all over the place of, like, follow this path. That's hilarious. But it can only work if he's got a boner, so they kind of tie a string to the Sports Illustrated and put it out in front of Manny. (laughs) Like a donkey with a carrot. (laughs) Um, and yeah. they're following it, but suddenly it stops working. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't think that uh, it's working anymore. And he's, and Hank says, that's because... That know, fantasy's you, done for you, right, like, we yeah. used it up too much. If you get too much of a thing, it starts to diminish. Yeah, That's, you know, where fetishes come in. <laughs> oh, know? gosh. Goes, What's that? And then there's kind of a jump cut... Uh, of um, Hank explaining what fetishes are to Manny, and Manny has this great line. He says, Girls must be so nice if they let guys do all those things to them. <laughs> and he goes, Yes, yes, they are. That's so funny. Hang on, that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, that is cute. Um, and so, yes, we're taking a break essentially of now. Um, this whole time, Hank has had a cell phone in his pocket, and Manny has had a cell phone in his pocket. And Hank, when he finds the dead body, like, takes the cell phone out and looks at it. Um, and there is a photo on the cell phone. Like, the lock screen is a picture of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yeah. We love okay, her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We love her in this home. That's what's on Manny's cell uh-huh. phone. And he opens the phone, and there's no service. And it's really only at, like, 10% battery. So they're trying to, like, conserve it. And as they're in the forest and everything, to help Manny remember... He shows him the phone and he says, Do you know who this is? Like, we need to go and find her. Maybe she can, like, we need to get mm-hmm. you back home and all that stuff. He's looking at it and he's like, Try and remember, Manny, like, who is she? And he looks at her and he's just like, What's her name? And he goes, It's Laura. and it's really funny and then and then Hank gets mad at him because no that's not what it is and so then uh
2: Manny starts to sing to like make him feel better and um he gets to talking to Manny about masturbation and what that's like Mm -hmm. and he says well it's kind of it's like sex but you do it by yourself and he goes well and that makes you happy and he says no uh, you makes know, you happy? He's like, I don't really do it very much. And he says, why? He says, well, because when I was young, you know, my dad caught me doing it. And he said, you know, you're going to... It takes years off of your life. Uh, and he says, well, that's, that's not fair. If it makes you feel good, you, you should just do it. And he says, well, actually, my mom... Kind of told me a funny story, I don't really know why she told me this, but she says, you know, if you masturbate a lot, then you'll catch up to me in age, and then we can die together. Oh. And he says, I don't know why she told me that, because she died shortly after that. Oh. And he goes, oh no, so whenever you masturbate, you think of your mom. He's like, no! Manny, God! Uh I can't... You can't think about your mom when you masturbate he goes, well, when I masturbate, I'll think of your mom <laughs> <laughs> and this theme of <laughs> masturbation and making you happy and um that's gonna come up a little bit later, okay, but. because it's
1: to someone who doesn't understand I guess exactly what happiness is it is kind of. It Construed. sounds like that's the one thing
0: that would make right. humans happy. That's, like you know that's for sure you. you get
1: satisfaction. It's like satisfaction isn't quite the same. Yes. yes.
0: Um, and so now that he's shown him the photo of of uh, Mary Liz Winstead on the phone, he's trying to really help her him to remember her. yeah. And so the photo is of her sitting on a bus and it's she's not looking at the camera. She's like writing in a notebook or looking out the window. And so here's where things just get crazy. (laughs) They have trash everywhere. And he's saying, I'm going to help you remember her. We're going to recreate the scene and they use all the trash that they have and they build the most intricate gorgeous trash bus. Oh, yeah. huge, like huge a life size huge life-size cool. trash bus. Um and he sits You say they, does he use Daniel's body? No, it's kind of just cuts and now we have a trash oh, okay. bus. He'll use Manny for other things. Um so Manny he he sits him down on the bus and he says, "Look over there, don't you see her? That's where she is." And Manny can't really like use his imagination mm-hmm. or picture it. So Paul Dano is like I will dress up like her. Oh. And so Hank puts on this trash (laughs) wig, like, made out of straws and just other things and shaves his beard and looks just like her and is is sitting down next to him and... Being all coy and, like, -like. (laughs) ladylike. It's really great. Takes the wig off and goes and whispers in Manny's ear and then puts it back on. And so it's this whole thing where, like, the shots you're either only seeing Paul Dano sitting or you're seeing him whispering in his ear mm. without the wig on. So it's this really cool just idea of there's no one else there. They, this is the only way that it's going to work is for him to like be whispering and telling him how to talk to her. Yeah. And then to be back there over there as her. And then... Through that, they kind of get somewhere, and Mm. there's this gorgeous moment of Manny sitting on the bus, the girl, Paul Dano, coming onto the bus and dropping, like, little acorns in the, like, change thing on the bus to, like, pay for the bus, and then turns, and the sunlight hits her just perfectly, and it looks just like the photo and it's supposed to, like, be a washover of uh-huh. more memories for Manny. And, it's, and then and the song Jurassic, starts playing. The Jurassic Oh, dark parts, parts, the actual playing. song?
2: It's, it's yeah. a, their acapella fun indie version of it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and it's really pretty. Um, they create the scene for them so specifically that Manny remembers the girl's name. He says, it's Sarah Johnson. Her name is Sarah Johnson. <coughs> I need to get back to her, Hank. We need to get back to her so I can tell her that... I love her, and that when I see her, the hairs on the back of my neck will stand up just like you said, Uh and they have a great big party, right? Yeah, they decide that they're going to, it's really cute,
0: um, because he's still dressed up like Sarah, and he says, we're going to have a party, we're going to invite everyone we know, and it's nighttime in their forest, they know that they're going to get out, um, they throw this big bonfire and it is just the cutest thing. They're kind of doing that home alone thing where he's got all the strings attached to the mannequins and they're dancing oh, wow. like this. Mm-hmm. They've made all these people out of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both just smiling and this awesome song is playing and they're just so happy and they joyous. They find some alcohol
2: and they get drunk. Yeah, they and find the alcohol.
0: Trashy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're throwing this party. Is the trash party. on the entire island? There is, is just tra- is trash. We're not on an island anymore.
1: We're in a forest. Okay, uh, and there's but it's not a forest on an island? I mean, no, they it's a left beach the island.
0: Okay. Yeah. He was on an island and then woke up on a new
1: beach, right. and now but, we're in a but forest. do we know? This might still be an island, right? We don't really know.
2: It looks like it's populated because it where like would the people? trash come from? Yeah. Okay. But they haven't seen anybody, and it's been wilderness this okay. whole time. Gosh, yeah. yeah. So they're drunk, they're pretty tired, it's the end of the party, um, they're both slumped against the back of the bus... And Manny looks over at Hank and he says, So, Sarah, my friend Hank, he's my best friend. When he masturbates, he thinks about his mom. <laughs> and he goes, Manny, Manny, I told you that in confidence. Like, you can't talk. He takes he, off the wig to say yeah, that. He, <laughs> yeah. he goes, I'm trying to talk to Sarah. <laughs> I want to talk to Sarah. Oh, Manny says that? Yeah. He yeah. yeah. That and with him? he goes, fine, i fine. put the wig back on. <laughs> And he says this beautiful story about how Hank is his best friend and how he thinks that he is afraid of death and that's why he can't masturbate and how he thinks that his mom would just want him to be happy and do things that make him happy and how he, she would be upset to know that he can't make himself happy because he's thinking about her death. Aww. Yeah. It's like, wow! Well, how did we get from talking to mas- about masturbation yeah. to like death and grief and getting over all yeah. that? It's very, very smart. Do we know how long ago his mom died? As when a kid. he was young. Okay. Yeah. So this,
0: this just poses like a really interesting question because they're talking and everything and at some point Manny says something about why do we need to go back? Like, I'm having a great time here with you. Because he pretty much is getting Sarah in this way but also yeah. Hank's his best friend so he's got these two people yeah. who are really one. So he doesn't really want to go back and it just kind of poses this big question because we're nearing the, the midpoint of the movie of what or who do we need in life mm-hmm. in order to be happy? And then, and then going on to that... Um, There's been these other moments throughout where it's clear that trash is a a big thing and um, so is hiding things. Mm. Um, Because he's talked about how, you know, he's when he's talking to Sarah and he's saying, no, don't say that, don't tell her that thing. Like, Manny has no filter, Manny is learning everything, so Manny doesn't hide anything. Like a kid. Like a kid. Like, he farts openly because he has to. And throughout it, Hank has kind of been scolding him. And explaining to him what trash is and how it's it's stuff we don't need anymore and that we have to bury or that we have to throw away. And Manny says, is that what we do with dead bodies? Do we hide dead bodies? Because he knows he's dead. Yeah. And he's saying, oh, well, yeah, like, we, we do do that to dead bodies and everything. And then... <laughs> As he's telling him all about this stuff and explaining trash, Manny says to him, so trash is like things that no one needs and that nobody has around anymore? You're kind of like trash. (laughs) To Hank? To Hank. And Hank says, shut up, that's bad talking, you can't just say whatever you want, you have to like think about it, and so... Manny just is this unreserved, unfiltered, yeah. pure person. And unfortunately, like, the way the world is and how, you know, society is, like, Hank has been conditioned to, like, shy away from these right. things or to hide them. And so he's been having to do that. And he he's kind of, unfortunately, teaching Manny fear. Mm-hmm.
2: And so mm-hmm. Manny is going to experience that for the first time pretty soon. Um, Before we get to that, this yeah. whole thing that Courtney just said about, you know, Manny says you know, why are we going back? Sounds like you're not allowed to do anything over there. Yeah. And it reminded me of the film Into the Wild. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever seen it? No. It's Did a true the story. No. Oh. It's a story about this guy. He's pretty existential. He's lived a very privileged life and he goes out and abandons all materials to go live out, like, in the wilderness. Right? And in on Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah. The and tundra. He has a really hard time of it. He's looking for happiness because he's you know had all these stuff mm-hmm. for his whole life and that hasn't made him happy so what does and it's kind of like why do we stay in a society you know where uh we're told not to do things and to cover up and to you can't express yeah. yourself to the fullest and in into the wild the very at the very end of the movie right before the main character dies spoilers it's, i mean it it's says a true that, story it says
0: that on the cover of the book
2: oh it does okay does it say that yeah wow uh, he writes on the but the little broken down bus that he's staying on he says happiness only real when shared Aww. so we stay in these hard chipped communities you know of billions of people stacked on top of one another especially you know when you know human beings were pr- really only supposed to live in like groups of like hundreds you know back way back when and now mm-hmm. we're in such a vast you know society we stay together yeah. because that's why life society. is mm-hmm. Is It's worth it only because we're experiencing it together.
0: Yeah. And we don't know what their lives were like before they ended up in this wilderness situation. But we do hear from... um, We do hear just, like, lots of little bits and pieces about how it seems like Hank has a strained relationship with his dad. Yeah. And Hank's been missing all this time. And he says, um, and I know my dad won't even know I'm gone. And I signed up for this thing a couple years ago where on his birthday an e-card will be digitally sent to him every year so he's like so he's gonna think i'm alive for years or even if i am dead after that he's gonna still be getting that e-card from me yeah um and so he's he's you can tell he's just a lonely person like even if uh we don't know how many people were in his life before this situation befell him it seems kind of like he's talked about how difficult things are he's talked about how he's been shy and he's had like a speech impediment growing up and it just it's kind of clear that maybe um Maybe he only needs one person, and he's Mm -hmm. got Manny now. And Manny doesn't know anything, and so Manny is kind of like, well, why would I want another friend when I have you and Sarah? So now um, it's the next morning, and uh, we do know that we're not on an island because they are still hiking, and the compass is going, and they end up on this pipe, this really long pipe that's stretching across a ravine Mm -hmm. that they're going to have to crawl across. And Manny is immobile, so he is on Hank's back. Okay. And they are crawling across the pipe Mm -hmm. to get to the other side.
2: Okay. They're crawling across it, and Manny is kind of blabbering on and on about all the questions that he has about the world, and Hank is freaking out because the pipe that he's climbing on is very rickety, and they're very, very high off the ground. He's like, shut up. Shut up, Manny. I'm trying to focus. We can please talk about this later. And the pipe breaks, and they're caught just by, like, a part of their backpack, and they're hanging, dangling over the ravine about kind to of like plummet reduces. to the ground
0: like it's a parallel to what we opened oh, okay. with they're yeah. kind of
2: hung and Manny says oh my gosh Hank I think I'm feeling fear this is what it's like to feel Aww. fear and I think that I'm scared because if I die I think I'll really miss you oh yeah and I think that's a really important theme of the story because um He's already dead. Yeah. yeah. But he's conscious and he's it's so like, conscious. you know, humans, we have a fear of death because we don't know what happens after. Yeah. And, you know, evidently, uh, as far as we know, what happens after is that you're not going to miss anybody. Mm-hmm. You're not alive. So I just think that that's like, that's, I don't know, a very like naive and childish mm. Mm -hmm. sweet thing about, you know, fear of death. For for a dead dead guy to to already
0: be saying. Right. And so it just, yeah, this movie really just asks a lot of questions and it asks us, like, hearing a dead person say that they're afraid of dying, right it just opens up, like, why do we fear death? What are we afraid of? And what can we even... Because it's not the
1: actual being dead part that is concerning. Exactly. It's the unknowingness.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so, they fall. Yes. There's
0: water beneath them, so they plunge deep down into the water Um, and while we're underwater it's um, this really beautiful song is playing um, and it's got lyrics again and it's, it's very sweet and as they're down there Manny can't swim Manny's just kind of floating and he looks unconscious and actually dead again and Hank is swimming down to get him and Hank grabs him and like pulls him up to him and they're still very deep in the water and Hank kisses him. Like romantically? It feels that way. Okay. It could just be to try and revive him. But this is while they're still underwater. This is while they're still underwater. And so he kisses him and then it's like a very long dramatic kiss and then pulls away from him and then does it again. And so this is the halfway
2: point. Okay. It's it's not really the halfway point. We're past the halfway point. Okay. Courtney had a good point. This movie's kind of in three parts. Oh. We're kind of two-thirds through.
0: We're at the exposition. We're at the plan and escape and using him as a Swiss Army man. Mm -hmm. He has been... um, There's been montages throughout... Where we have seen him actually use him as a Swiss just, Army man. I figured more. there were more things and that aren't as plot. He really. yeah, he calls him his multi-purpose guy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> or no, his multi-tool guy. Funny. Instead of Swiss Army man, um, and we we found out that there are certain things that he can do. Um, like he's obviously can spray water out if he's like been retaining yeah. it. He uses him as, like, an actual shower. Like, he hangs oh. him up and, like, pulls on his... That's hysterical. <laughs> and so he uses him as a shower. His arms are, you know, because of rigor mortis, are really stiff. He uses them as, like, an axe or a machete. Like, so that's just, what you're thinking about. That's what you're thinking yeah, about.
2: He's actually just chopping wood. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's chopping a whole bunch of stuff up. No, and heads off. <laughs> the really cool thing is that his mouth is a gun. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Or like so a him as a gun too. Can, It's whatever yeah.
0: you stick in his mouth. Okay. He can and then you it. kind of it pull his head back and it ejects at That's like funny. at at like a gun level yeah. speed. And mm-hmm. so he's he's yeah. used times where he's um like stuck crutches all the way down his throat and then like shot them out and they kind of mm-hmm. act like a what are those things called? Like, the hooks? Like, when yeah. bad guys in horror... In, oh, like in action grappling movies, like, like, like,
2: rappelling from a building? Yep. Yeah, so they use that to, like, climb up things. That's funny. They yeah. yeah. put acorns in his mouth, and they can shoot, like, fish, like, as if it's, like, fish in a barrel. Yeah, you know, like their bullets. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah, they yeah. shoot a bunch of they fish can in the water, shoot squirrels and That's stuff fun, like yeah. that. He can snap. You shoot squirrels with their favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. He can snap and fire. He can make a spark. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, you know? like flint. So, halfway point. What do you predict is going to happen? So, I think they're going to encounter some people because
1: you said that you know it's not. An island, So that makes me think they're going to find people, especially if there's all this trash.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like maybe, maybe they'll get in a fight because I think there needs to be some bigger conflict that happens. Maybe they'll get in a fight or maybe right now, maybe he isn't going to talk back anymore. Maybe something bad did happen when they were underwater. Mm-hmm. I kind of want it to go in the romantic direction now that you said it seemed a little romantic because that seems like an interesting thing for somebody who doesn't know anything to experience. Well,
2: I never viewed it as romantic. I don't know why Courtney has that assumption. Uh, I'll tell you why, because well, why the directors... Would someone try to
1: revive you underwater? I think they're in love, Kimmy.
2: And <laughs> I think that they
0: love each other. No, they're in love. And the directors <laughs> said, the Swiss Army Man directors, on how we accidentally made a gay necrophilia movie.
2: <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> Uh, so they admit it's gay. <laughs> I think that they're open to people having that uh, opinion. And but one of
1: them is courting.
2: I thought that yeah. it was more of a, a deep-rooted friendship, love, and I don't think that the kiss was meant to be, like, a romantic, like, parting of ways kiss. This is us, our death, we're gonna kiss. Are they both gonna be corpses? Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I think... I mean, I assume he's going to be fine in my honest predictions. I don't think they would take away him being able to interact because that sucks. And I think that they're going to encounter people. I think maybe what's going to happen because you... If you do find civilization, you can't keep him. You can't keep Manny in the real world. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have to learn to be happy without Manny. And what does that mean for Manny? Manny. Mm. I think we're going to have to find that out. Maybe he gets to actually deal with his own fears and, and real death.
0: Manny? Yeah. Uh That's all
2: I got for that. Alright, finishing off this one. We've come a long way. Right kissing. after the kiss. Yeah. Hank realizes as he's kissing Manny that he's actually getting oxygen. Oh. From him and that they can breathe back and forth. And also <clears throat> that he has air in his body still. And he kind of smiles and Pulls down his pants and oh. farts and it literally ejects themselves that's with funny. his farts out of the water and there's this beautiful slow-mo shot of them and water is cascading over Daniel Radcliffe's ass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like they yeah. put it in there. You know? Yeah. And they make it to shore and they're on their merry way. Okay?
0: Uh-huh. And all while that's happening, pictures the most
1: beautiful song you've ever heard. Such good songs. <laughs> And then the next one, even more beautiful they're they're rest. honestly
0: all beautiful, and That's most fun. of them are just narration of what's happening, yeah, like there's this really funny song when um like when they're having the, they're throwing the party uh the night before this, mm-hmm. the song is playing, and it's it's really quite wonderful it's they're making popcorn over a fire, and the song is just pop, 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 <laughs> popcorn, but then there's this really beautiful line in it where it's now we're starting a fire. And we're falling in love. See? They're in love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you say
2: so. (laughs) They're hiking some more. Hank says, I gotta pee. He goes up to the clearing and he takes the cell phone with him. And while he's peeing, a car drives by. Mm. And he's very shocked. So they're on a road. They're, you know, like how in the wilderness they have roads like cascading down into like, you know, depths of forest and stuff like that. So kind of like a dirt road. No, it's a regular road. It's, it's like a road. A it's just a Northern California the type road like in the oh, forest. Okay. Yeah. But so like did he know there was a road right there? He didn't no, know. He just found oh, it. gotcha. It, it takes him by surprise. Cool. He whips out the phone, turns it on trying to get a signal. There's only like 3% left and a tiny little mark of signal gets on. He opens up the phone
3: and, and he goes it
2: <laughs> to check Instagram. What? <laughs> And he's looking on um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Instagram, and you start to realize that <gasps> he's gonna go steal his girl. That it's it's no not one's girl. Nobody, it's nobody's girl because the photos that he's seeing are of you know who we know as um, Sarah, Sarah Johnson, and that's her name on Instagram. So yeah. that is her name is pictured with a different man. Nobody that we know. Okay, and they have this beautiful life together. And that the phone is not really even Manny's. Oh. It's Hank's. Hanks. And that okay. he's been lying about it the whole time. And he comes back down. Why, why was he lying about it? You'll find out. Yep. Okay. Okay. So he,
1: he was lying about it to Manny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trying to give Manny some memories or make him more okay. human. Mm-hmm. So then, but you said that she's in pictures with a different
2: dude. So we have no
1: idea her connection to him yet.
2: Yep. We don't oh, know. Oh, okay. Yep. He runs back down, he says, we made it, um, we gotta go. He's like... <laughs> well, actually, it's really funny, because oh, he gets yeah. to Manny, and Manny goes, Hank, I have to tell you something, and Hank's like, no,
0: I have to tell you something first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's> right. <laughs> Hank says,
2: does he it, it
0: reveal it right away? He does not. Instead, he's talking about how, like, they're near freedom, they need to go, and they're saying all this stuff, and then Manny just goes, well, I was gonna tell you, that big raccoon's trying to eat our food. It's not a raccoon. It's a bear. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) there's a grizzly bear, like right next to them. Hank is trying to scare it away. He's trying to use Manny, and so he drops the phone and puts Manny down on the ground to like stuff stuff in Manny's mouth to then use as a gun. But on the ground, Manny looks at the phone and Manny sees a picture of her with the other man. Yeah, Mm. and he is so confused, and then none of his powers work. And he's he can't shoot anything out. The bear is like coming and he's like, who is this? What is she doing? What is this?
2: Why is she with somebody else? I no. don't understand. And then Hank explains it. He says, it's actually my phone and the girl in the picture is just a girl that I used to see on the bus every day that I thought was really beautiful. And she would never want somebody like me. I don't know why I took the picture. Okay. And the bear bites and attacks Uh, Hank, and crushes his leg. Oh my. Big time. Yeah. How's he get away? He's not
0: getting away. And so, it looks like it's just death for the both of them. Okay. And in that, there's this really nice monologue. Like, as they're on the brink of death, the bear is right there, and Hank is saying all of this, and Manny is, and Kimmy wanted to talk about this part.
2: Yeah. Manny launches into this huge monologue about, how how could you do that? You've been Keeping things from me this whole time, you're hiding me just like trash, you know, and that's why you never fart in front of me because Aww. I'm weird and you think I'm weird and, you know, if you're hiding, if my best friend's hiding his farts from me, what else is he hiding? Like, I'm comfortable to do anything and everything in front of you and you're not. And you're not, yeah. yeah he talks a lot about thoughts and having thoughts and hiding thoughts and how do you hide your thoughts? That's lying. Yeah. Yeah. And but also the idea of how do you hide your thoughts from
0: yourself. So Manny is talking about how he's having thoughts about thoughts. And it's just clear that he's becoming more and more human and more mm-hmm. and more a, of a living human. Um, and it's hard for him. Yeah. And he starts crying. Mm-hmm. And Aww. it's really sad and he doesn't like
1: it. And he's
2: like, what is all over my face? Oh, it's yeah.
1: awful.
2: The bear. Was that,
1: did that just make you really... This sounds just so... Different from anything I've seen from Daniel.
2: Yeah. Oh, Radcliffe. yeah. Yeah. He's such a fun dude. His Aww. face. He's also. Fa- his face also isn't like entirely mobile, so he's saying it's very yeah. emotional, but he's really stoic.
0: And so Aww. everything that he is able to do, like every very very slight mouth movement or eye movement, like where it's the the idea of a smile or the idea of crying, is just so interesting yeah. and so good because it really comes across.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. Yeah. The bear is dragging hank away to whatever bear den you know whatever (laughs) the bear lair this is this section of the movie that i really like it's a really silly uh exchange but i wanted to read it verbatim manny says well maybe you're like he says like aren't you seeing like the last flashes of your life or something like that as Mm -hmm. you're being pulled away and hank says maybe that's just something the brain invents to survive And Manny says, yeah, like maybe your brain invented me to distract you from the fact that eventually your eyes are going to stop blinking, and your mouth will stop chewing and your blood will stop pumping and then you're going to shit yourself and that's it. And Hank says, no, no, that's not it because then my organs are going to shit themselves. And Manny says, and then your cells will shit themselves. (laughs) Then all your shit's going to get mixed in with everyone else's shit. till there's nothing left of you and then that's it. And Hank says, I don't know, man. That sounds kind of nice. Everyone's shit mixing because then someday some of your shit's going to meet up with some of my shit and we'll have something to look forward to, you know? And Manny says, you're disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that's kind of a nice, like, return to Earth eventually, even though we're going to, our bodies are going to subside. Dust Um, to dust. Shit to shit. (laughs) Yeah, shit to shit. It's kind of a comforting thought in the face of death that, you know, this isn't quite the end. It's just a different...
1: This just kind of gave me another prediction that or just maybe even if not that this would be interesting is like all of this was a, a flash he had right before he died and he actually did die hanging mm. himself
0: oh okay so that's interesting too because within this moment he he does talk about how um his life has not been good he's tried to kill himself other times mm. before he has thought of it or he has come close to actually going through with the act. So and this says, movie falls under the thing oh, I uh, said, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, I've thought so many times of killing myself, but there was always some thought beautiful enough to keep me going. Oh, man. And Manny says, like, me. And so, and that's when he says, like, maybe I'm just something you made up. Yeah. And so it's really sad, and just what's so beautiful about this movie is... Like, it just makes you think of when you're a little kid and your your parents or your teachers would say things like, no potty humor. Like, this movie is just pure potty humor that they have used for catharsis Mm -hmm. and for emotionally intelligent and existential ideas and philosophical stuff. And it's just so interesting because, like, yeah, it was written by, like... Two guys, yeah. and just being silly, but also really saying something. Yeah. They, they really are. Just the, We have this whole running theme about hiding things, and about how there's so much in life that's inevitable, and that everybody does. Like He starts off by explaining to him, like, everybody poops. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a book that people would read. And then Manny is teaching him, like, well, everybody dies. Like, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think he's being taken away by this bear. And Manny, with his very like, it's basically zero ability to move, somehow is able to, like, zombie crawl his way to the bonfire that they had lit. Is it, like, just a shoulder crawl? Pretty much. Like, wiggling his shoulders? It's very... It's almost
2: grotesque. Yeah,
0: and he throws himself on the fire, sacrificing himself, and farts. (laughs) So it explodes? And it explodes, and he tumbles through the air very high, Um, like, on fire towards this bear, and the bear gets scared, and then I believe it's- it's somewhere, like, similar next to it, too, where he, like, he grabs Hank- he grabs Hank and launches them, like, to the fire, and they shoot up into the air, high above all the treetops because of this flaming fart- And it's a beautiful moment where it looks like they're flying. And they're looking out over and they see a beautiful city with lights and everything. And they have this really pretty moment of them just up there. And uh, Manny is so amazed by the world and thinks it's beautiful. But then obviously they come
1: crashing through a bunch of trees. (laughs) And land on the floor. Mm -hmm. The dirt. Yeah.
2: They're okay, though. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, did they both die right (laughs) now? Hank wakes up to find that he is strapped to Manny's back and Manny is now fully capable of movement. Whoa. And he's just... Does I, he still look like a corpse? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, He's just carrying Hank and he says, we're here. We're here. We made it to Sarah's house. And they're in the front lawn of Sarah's house. Oh. He's like, I brought you here. I brought you here so that we could see her and tell her. You gotta tell her how you feel. You gotta tell her that I love her and that you love her and everything. And they... He's like, No. No, Manny, you don't understand. We've got to get out of here. You're fucking crazy. Yeah. And they have a huge lawn fight.
0: Yeah, they're like In front of Sarah's house. <laughs> yeah. In Sarah's house. And there's also um, some like children's play structure stuff. Like okay. there's a swing set and there's like a little tricycle. And so they're rolling around fighting and they're upset. And he's like, you have to go to her. And then a toddler shows up. She sees Manny and Manny is kind of like, Manny decides to play dead. And so he kind of just, like, freezes, and Hank is staring, and Manny farts. And the girl is like, that's gross. Yeah. And Hank is like, why does she think I'm gross? Oh, no, am I gross? And Hank just, says that or Manny? No, Manny says that. I'm sorry, it. Manny says that. And so he, you know, he has to experience what people in society, uh, like, judging you are like and stuff. And like, rejection. from a toddler, like, yeah. and rejection
2: and all that. And so... He says, um, it was wrong to come here. Please don't tell Sarah how much I loved her. Manny Mm -hmm. says that. Yeah. Oh. And then Sarah walks out.
0: Okay. And it's Mary Elizabeth Winston. Yeah. A queen, and she's very upset that there's two homeless-looking men. (laughs) One of them looks dead. Next to her toddler, fully dead body. Manny looks. He is a dead body now, and she is so concerned. And there's not too much exchanging of dialogue, but it's clear that you know the daughter explains. She's like, they were lost in the woods. They need help because they had said that to her, Mm -hmm. and so she says, is that true? And Hank kind of nods, and then through a sequence, just kind of jump cuts. uh, Ambulances have arrived. A coroner has arrived. Hank's got one of those blankets, ambulance people (laughs) gave you. (laughs) Kayleen and I laughed about that earlier this week.
1: Um. When were we talking about... Welcome to Maine. Oh, because of the... Like, we were talking about when people are naked, and they get blanketed by cops, and I'm like, are cops just... Carrying around blankets? <laughs> I guess. No, it was a paramedic, and that, that's what I said, is that right.
0: paramedics have blankets, cops right. don't have blankets, but then, but then was, we were yeah. like, here's where I keep my gun, here's where I keep
2: my
1: blanket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a news crew has showed up, people are kind of watching. So
1: they know that this dead guy can talk, like other people have seen this anomaly He's now. a dead guy. Just dead
2: guy. No. Yeah. Oh no. He, yep. They have him in a body bag now, they're kind of comforting Hank. The news crew shows up. It's like some stranded guy has shown up in somebody's lawn. Um, and they've contacted Hank's father. Sorry, at this point, no one has been like, did you murder this
0: man? No. no. Because he he looks so beaten up. It looks like two best friends were lost
2: in the woods okay. and stranded. And he carried his dead best friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Hank's father shows up. Hank's kind of hiding. And, and Hank's father thinks that the body bag is Hank. Oh. And... He can't even open the body bag, and he leaves and doesn't acknowledge, you know, he doesn't want to deal with that. They have such a strange relationship uh-huh. that he's kind of just, like, dismissing that and leaves to go to his car.
0: Uh-huh. And at the same time, a news person comes up to Hank and calls him Manny Whoa. and says, Manny, we're going to be interviewing you. So this is where it feels like twist on yeah. twist on twist. Yeah. It is very confusing, mm-hmm. and it's purposely confusing because you think... Is that dad Manny's dad, the oh. dead body? Is this guy actually named Manny? Yeah. Did any of them have an affiliation with Sarah? Yeah. Was this all imagined? You're really lost for, okay. for a good two to five minutes okay. where you're very, very confused. And at this time, a police officer you know comes up and is talking to Hank and um, is has the phone. It's not really clear. He's just like, oh, I have your phone. Like, we're gonna call someone for you. Like, we called dad. And so that's why the dad mm-hmm. showed up. That was the only number in your phone. Whoa. Um, and Whoa. then the police officer takes the phone to Sarah and is like, there's a bunch of photos of you on this phone. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, not just the one. Mm-mm. So she's kind of, like, standing there with her husband and her daughter looking through this phone and it's very confusing. The dad is like, getting back out of his car and walking
2: towards Hank. And then, and I don't then, know if you want to say stuff. Yeah, uh, the news crew says, you're going to be on camera in three, two, one. Hi, I'm here with this man, Manny, who just escaped from the forest. He's going to tell us about a story. He says, I'm not Manny, I'm Hank. Oh, well, uh, who's Manny? He says, I'm Hank, and that's my friend Manny, and we are... Our best friends, and we—he helped me escape. He can do amazing things. He has powers with his body. He can fart, and he can snap and make fire. And we—we and we have a thing down there. We have a life down there. And they're like, "This guy's fucking crazy." Okay. That's why you don't have brand new victims of trauma on the television. Right. And Hank's was father sleep deprived, dehydrated, yeah, yeah. hungry. Hank's it was father's stupid. like, "What are you doing?"
0: You know what. What What is this all about? And now it's clear that that is Hank's dad. Yeah. And his okay. name is Hank. And, and he calls him Hank. So it's just like a... I, I really am not why sure why... Why did they why. think
2: his name was Manny? He must have told him that.
0: Because I think he was probably like muttering Manny or I something. See. It's it's very odd that the filmmakers decided to have this moment where you think there's a huge twist. Yeah. And you think
2: he's never he's never had the same or something like that, and that's not what's happening. Yes,
0: and people uh, on Reddit were calling it a Fight Club moment. Okay,
2: because we we just don't know, right? Where you're trying to piece it together? You're trying to piece it together, and Mm -hmm. Hank can't take it anymore, and he says, "We don't need any of you." grabs Manny out of the body bag and escapes with Manny's body. Oh god. Oh no. And they're all yeah. kind of chasing after him. The little girl goes running after them. The parents are looking for their little girl. The cops, Hank's dad is after them, and they get all the way back down to the shore where they started. Wow. But first, as well, they're not running the same through they started out, right? That's actually something we need to talk about. So,
0: yes. But first, as they're running through the woods, um, and He's holding him. Hank is saying, They're gonna all see, they're gonna all see. Mm. And he keeps running with Manny. And yeah, they do find everything. They have made a whole world down there. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead can see like the bus, Mm -hmm. and it looks like her bus. And there's even a little notebook on a seat that's like her notebook in the photo. And there's like a cafe, and it's all made out of trash, and it's all gorgeous. And there's um all these dream catchers too, and her and her husband are looking at these dream catchers and their photos she's posted on Instagram Whoa. of these dream catchers, and it's it's really frightening and she's obviously scared. Like, what has been going on? Is this like a stalker yeah. situation? Like the last lines that Manny has before he's been put in the body bag and stuff when he can talk to Hank, he's talking about like, you know, maybe everyone in this world is a little bit ugly mm-hmm. and maybe we should just show our ugliness to people. Mm-hmm. Hank is like, no, stop, we can't do that. And so then Manny kind of dies, and that's why he's in the body bag now. But we're seeing all of this ugliness, all of this stuff that is essentially crazy to, to build this world outside of this girl's home that you've been stalking because it's clearly right beneath her house where yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's
2: been living in the woods right near her home. So he was never on an island. No, that's kind of what we gathered, that yeah. he was never stranded on an island. The shore that he started on and where he came to is probably the same shore. Do they ever say it's an island? What
1: what implies that it is? It
2: looks like it. Looks like because of the castawayness. of yeah, it? Yeah,
1: they're definitely
0: trying to aid you towards that. Right. He's trying to hang himself and then he yeah. he sails away on Manny, like, into the horizon. I and ends up on another beach, quote, but it is clear that he has always been living because they run from Sarah's house to where they started. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Everyone does, and so it should not have taken him long to escape. Right, There was no need. Like, this trash must all have been his. He
2: must have been living there for quite some time. Wow, all the trash was his. Maybe not all the trash, but a lot of it. He's definitely created all that stuff by himself for a long time. Yeah, it's clear that it wasn't just like
0: oh, me and my Swiss army man made this immediately. Yeah. Like He's yeah. been living down there for a
2: while. I think. Which is yeah. why they don't show it being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They get down to the beach. Hank is caressing Manny and saying, you know, it's just us. We don't really need any of them. It's just us here together. And they're all kind of surrounding that them watching them kind of have this really intimate moment. Oh. And they're all like really weirded out. They don't know what's going on. They handcuff hank and Mm -hmm. take him away hank's father is really disapproving like what the hell are you doing you freak yeah and mary elizabeth winstead is like what are you what were you doing with all those photos of me did you make all of that yeah he says yes i i'm feeling i'm not gonna explain the end can you explain the end
0: Sure. He is telling all of these people who have all just seen, like, the ugliest
2: parts of him.
0: Yeah. You know, caressing a dead body, having this insane thing in the woods. There's a news crew still following with a camera. There's this woman he's been uh, infatuated with. There's his dad who we know is disapproving. Um, And he's handcuffed by a police officer and he's saying, like, you're all wrong, like... And it's, it's clearly, like, a moment of, like, society is wrong. Like, yeah. he was beautiful, he was amazing, and what uh, he did for me and how he saved my life is really all that matters, and, like, I believe him. I believe that Manny was real. And so after, kind of, Hank has rejected Manny on Sarah's lawn and gotten in the fight with him yeah. and told him, you know, you can't fart anymore in front of people or any of that stuff, now Manny has died because, like, kind of like Hank stopped believing in him. Yeah. And Manny is uh, on the sand, like he was when we first saw him. And Hank is telling everybody, no, it was real. And he's got his back turned to him. And Hank farts. Yeah, in front of everybody. In front of everybody. And oh, Hank does. Hank yeah. farts in front of everybody. And everyone is kind of like, gross. Like, ugh, what are you doing? But that wakes Manny back up. Aww. And
2: Manny farts.
0: And Manny farts. And the police officer's like, okay, that's enough farting. And Hank's like, it wasn't me. Yeah. And we turn, and he's doing that crazy, wiggly, farty oh. explosion. <laughs> and everyone is just flabbergasted and staring. And the cameraman, he lifts up the camera to film it. And this body is just flopping all over until it flops into the ocean and revs up like a jet ski. And Paul Dano gets on it. And he doesn't know. No. Manny him.
2: sails into the distance. Aww. Everyone kind of laughs. Mary Elizabeth says, What, what the, the fuck? fuck. <laughs> and that's the last line
0: of the movie. The only other shots we have are Daniel smiling really Aww. big as he's sailing away and Paul Dano smiling really big from the Aww. shore.
2: And that's Did you guys end.
0: cry at the other farm?
2: Oh, uh, I
0: did. Yeah? No. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney? I love
2: it. No. Courtney always... I cry quietly as Courtney looks over and she's like, Kimmy! <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely, um, definitely crying.
0: I think it's an incredibly well-thought-out, creative, moving movie. Mm-hmm. And it is... Ugh. Like, if you watch it and say, like, it's stupid, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Not everything has to be, like, yeah, it's stupid humor, but it also is stupid for a purpose, Um, and so people just need to kind of get off their high horses and get on board with something that is so original, yeah, something that is just so beautiful and and heartfelt, and there, there just were a lot of funny moments throughout it, too. I can't say enough about how good the music was. Yeah.
2: One question that I would like to pose is it's something that I got to think about a little more thoroughly watching it for a second time who was Hank before this movie began who was Manny before this began yeah how did Manny get there is it Hank's doing and what me and Courtney kind of decided is that Hank is a creep you know yeah And we don't really, we go along with him because he's the protagonist of our story, but what we're really doing is following a guy who's, Essentially, creep in society's eyes. Yeah. But we identify yeah. with him.
0: We identify with him, and it's because I like, I'm okay with him, you know, like stalking this girl from afar because he hasn't done anything to hurt anybody. Yeah. He really hasn't. And um, we don't think that he would. And he wouldn't. And it's clear that he's just a, a really lonely person because it's another thing this movie really deals with is loneliness. And it's just so sad because. Rather than, you know, maybe talk to the girl of his dreams, or maybe just even make a friend, or maybe even just talk to his family. Mm-hmm. He goes and he hides in the woods, and it's, yeah. it's just really sad. And so, I think Crete might be too harsh of a word, but I, I do think he's lonely, and um, I kind of want to think that maybe Manny is just... Uh, not imaginary, but was never a real person. I kind of want to think mm. that he was just this gift that was given yeah. to Hank, um, who really needed it, and who yeah. needed to learn a lesson in life to to go back into the world and maybe to experience all these things that he has talked about, because he's a fearful person, and maybe to just be less fearful and less hidden, and to really show your scars and show how ugly you are and show yeah. what, what you're actually feeling and thinking and all that. I mean don't stalk somebody and then show them, (laughs) but but maybe don't hide everything in life because even that was something he had hidden, you
1: know, it was Mm -hmm. hidden on his phone and it wasn't something he had in reality. And it kind of seems to maybe even more so like if you bottle things up, then they explode. So maybe Mm -hmm. if he wasn't, hiding his feelings from her to begin with, because we don't know how long he's been stalking her. Yeah. Maybe if he wasn't hiding his feelings to begin with, he would have been with her and had kids with her. Yeah. But he didn't, so that's not his anymore. And instead he's doing this other thing that he needs to hide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just really like the idea of the movie because it totally is one of those things where you never know what somebody else is going through, and right. being able to see this movie from his perspective you feel for him because you see how things make sense to him mm-hmm. and how he's experiencing them rather than judging him the way that all those people in the forest exactly. are. Because, you know, crazy people don't think that they're crazy. Everybody's experiencing something that's real for them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And I do like that there's justification in that yeah. and that he is—he does get to show them that, yes, this is real. Because, yeah, I think everyone at the end is clearly, it's just meant to be like, this is why you don't live with in the real world, yeah. you live in the woods because in the woods you get to have fun with your Swiss Army man and make yeah. amazing music and just some absolute bops. And then you go out, <laughs> <Some absolute laughs> you go back, and you're immediately judged. Yeah, the yeah. first person you meet is a toddler, and they're laughing at you and yeah. they're telling you you're gross. Yeah, and then all the adults come in, and it's even worse. It's it's filmed how crazy you are, and yeah. it's. It's your dad scolding you and not even bothering to say, like, where have you been for months? Mm -hmm. It's stop being weird, like,
1: knock it off. And it's just, it's really. And the more that he shows to Manny, the more Manny likes him. Yeah. Whereas the other people, that's not the case. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
0: it is, it is the kind of thing that, um, that's what friendship is. That's what relationships are. It's, it's growing
1: closer to someone
0: where you can show them all the parts of you and, and they're okay with it. You know,
1: I, I wanted to make this connection earlier, but then it no longer seemed relevant, but it's now relevant again. Courtney and I were having this conversation because I've started watching Parks and Rec. Oh. And in the beginning of the show, Chris Pratt's character is with Rashida Jones's character. And they're together for a little bit. But obviously, pretty much everyone in the world who knows that Chris Pratt ends up with Aubrey Plaza. like today's their anniversary. Is it really? Yeah. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah. But so they, you know, that's a big thing people know. So I was waiting for when they're going to get together. And Courtney and I had this whole discussion on how much better of a boyfriend he is to Aubrey Plaza because she doesn't try to change him. Mm -hmm. She accepts all the things that are flaws about him and loves them, whereas Rashida Jones wasn't that way, and that doesn't make her a bad person, Rashida, but they weren't compatible together, and you have to find people whose flaws you're okay with, and you can't try to change them into what what you want them to be. Exactly. That's not how it works.
2: Here's some fun facts about this film. Oh, fun. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe has stated that this is his favorite film of his. Which is hysterical
0: Ooh. and savage, to say to the Harry Potter franchise. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, this movie uh, was filmed in only 22 days. Whoa. Which is crazy, so the amount of building that went on. That yeah, I'm crazy. sure it was
0: filmed in that amount of time, but people must have been working
2: on this set was for say, months. I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I guess that's, I mean, it is still surprising, but considering that most of it takes place in the woods, and with not only two
0: surprising. people,
2: you don't have to worry about schedules. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they used all natural light. Despite being billed third, Mary Elizabeth Winstead does not appear until the final act of the film, and her screen time amounts to just five minutes. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Since it's basically just and them. And she's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> all the characters uh, who worked on the film have said that they've contributed to the farts in the movie. Oh, no way. <laughs> except Daniel Radcliffe. What? <laughs> Is that real? Uh, uh, he claims that he did not contribute any farts. Out of... Everybody else did it except for him. That's what he says. And that may not be true. Says that means Mary fart. farted and
1: Daniel didn't?
2: I don't think that's true.
0: <laughs> I bet it was more like the crew being like We're yeah, fart. the yeah.
2: directors and Paul Dano contributed okay. and mm-hmm. the band. Okay. Probably. This marks the second time in a row. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's last line of the film is the word fuck. Oh, that's hilarious. The first time is Tim Cloverfield Lane. And, and I wanted
0: cool. to share with you. Have you seen the photos that they made for the, or not, sorry, the photos, have you seen photos of their press tour? No. Okay, so this movie really deserved way more recognition, especially for music and screenplay, and, like, it just really should have gotten more attention, but they made Daniel Radcliffe a dummy of himself. Oh, my gosh. And he went around cities with it. (laughs) Whoa! They use
2: it for a lot of the film. Yeah. It
1: looks so good. It
0: looks so good, because they did use it for a lot, and it's because they decided, um... They were like, well, you know, I'm sure a character's not going to want to lie lifeless there all the time and be farting up a storm and moving his body like that. We'll use the dummy for this. And Daniel Radcliffe said, no, I want to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, so. So did they not end up using the body very much? They didn't use it as much as they were planning okay. to, and so that afterwards they were like, go around town with your dead That's body. That's amazing. So, Kayleen, what would
2: you rate this film?
1: Um, I I think I need to see it, obviously, before I can give it a proper rating. I feel like it's something that would potentially lean me toward a ten mm-hmm. but I think that in watching it, I think honestly the crude humor would put it at a nine, not because it is a bad thing. it seems in favor of the film, but just because that's a big heap to get over. you know what I mean? okay mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough, so I think a nine. I fully rate this
2: ten out of ten. cool okay
1: <laughs> I give it an eight and okay okay <laughs> I give it an eight and a
0: half just um my main reason for that is. The rewatchability. I don't feel yeah. like I can rewatch
3: this movie. Oh, oh, okay. Because
0: I'd already seen it, so that was a rewatch, but it's not one that I can put on and on again, which totally. is really what I give tens to. Because it is it is a bummer at times, and it can be slow at times, and um, the soundtrack I give 10 out of 10. <laughs> I listen to that all the time. So that puts our rating at a 9. Wow, Sweet. guys, this makes it the highest rated movie we've reviewed. Sweet. Sweet. And I would agree with it, because this was definitely the best thing I've watched for for this
2: podcast so far. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um,
1: We forgot to mention this in the beginning, but thanks, Riley, for that recommendation. Yeah. Because it came out of the blue, and super good choice. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So to close the podcast, what
0: are you guys adding to your watch list? What are you going to try and see? Game of Thrones happens
1: tonight, (laughs) friends! (laughs) Game of Thrones! I'm very excited for you. I uh, <laughs> I saw this thing on the internet today that, so upon first glance, it looked like it was going to be a meme about, um, like, ugh, the Game of Thrones people aren't going to shut up about Game of Thrones next week, but instead, I was like... Damn, it was this thing that was like, ugh, people who don't watch Game of Thrones are not going to stop talking about that next week. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you just at me next time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I am watching it. I'm just very far behind, so I will not be watching it. Oh, and man. I'm not passionate about it. I just watch it and enjoy it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You better stay away from the internet. Uh, Well, that's exciting, though. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, it's like, this is like the TV event of the century. Yeah. <laughs> so, it is. There's yeah. never been a TV show that was coming back that was this crazy. I'm so ready. So ready. Um, is there anything you recommend people go watch?
2: Recommend? Mm-hmm. I've been so far off. You guys, I'm really just, like, not doing well in the consuming media department of my life, so I don't really know what's out there at the moment mm-hmm. to recommend. But oh, I kind of want to watch Her Smell. That's okay. the one with um, Elizabeth Moss, and she plays some crazy... Rockstar. Oh,
1: interesting. Um, that's a watch list thing, though.
2: Yeah, I know. I was backjacking. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know, you guys. Sorry, I wish I had more stuff to say.
1: Do <laughs> you have a recommendation you want to share with people? Like, from the past, even. What about a Paul Nano thing? Or a Daniel Radcliffe thing? Oh,
2: well, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but his directorial debut, Wildlife, is amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah, a good
2: one. Definitely watch that.
0: Um... To my watch list, I'm just, I I made myself a list of things that I want to watch on spring break, but it's all rewatches. I just want to have a nice, fun. fun time. Doing some rewatches. Mm-hmm. I really want to watch Scott Pilgrim, which I started the other night, and so I'm like halfway through it. And just for fun, I really want to go see Captain Marvel again. I want to see Shazam and yeah. Pet Cemetery. Uh, even though I heard it was awful. Pet Cemetery. Oh, you heard yeah. it was awful? Yeah, my sister saw it and I'm kinda
1: not surprised. Yeah, cool. me and
0: me and both of my sisters, we all read the book and loved it, uh-huh. and then they changed it oh. unnecessarily. Did they do that for the old one too? I didn't see the old one. Okay, cause but because I heard that one's bad too. They changed a major plot point oh. for no reason, and you can tell me what it is because that's. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for her. No, I, I want to watch it. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. But I, I do think I'll go see some movies this week just because mm-hmm. I have time. Mm-hmm. For recommendations, I just recommend everything Paul Dano's ever done because <laughs> he
2: can get it. Ruby Sparks, I really, really love. So even though I talked about that one earlier, I'll recommend that. I would just like to say that I recommend every movie that was talked about today.
1: Yeah. this mm-hmm. podcast,
2: I think that they're all movies that you, people should definitely see. Especially the creativity ones.
0: It is exciting to just see unique pieces of uh-huh. of storytelling.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? This makes me think of a good recommendation. Kind of random, but you know how I was saying that Big Fish is one of those movies where I watched it and it just felt like a very unique experience, unlike anything else I had seen before that? hmm a movie and i said this to kimmy when we watched it together but another movie that i still put this on that shelf with is uh american ultra is unlike any movie i've ever seen and oh, i i think yeah. that's a really fun ride i think you showed me it's that very, movie right it's very unique yeah i yeah, did and it was the style is really interesting the yes. stories fun. It was not at all what I expected
2: it was going to be. Yeah. I liked that
1: one. Yeah. I really like Jesse Eisenberg in that movie. He's very,
0: I just really like him and I think he picks good stuff. Like Now You See Me, that's a great movie. And I would it, like to it see It doesn't that. get much attention because yeah. it seems cheesy. Um, but it's really good. And then same with like Zombieland and Adventureland. Like yeah. he's, he's really picked him
1: well. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on my watch list, one of the big ones is I've been itching to watch. The Sound of Music, and Kimmy's never seen it. I've never seen The which Sound is of Music. G- crazy! I was talking to Courtney about how I have literally watched that probably. Just the more that I thought about it, I've probably watched it like four hundred times as a kid. Like, <laughs> Estimating
2: four hundred. I know it's exactly. Like Three-hour
1: movie. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those movies where I. I mean, I. I don't know why even it held my attention being so mm-hmm. long, but I. I think maybe the songs got me through it because I know all the songs. And they're so fun. Mm. And I would just, often when I was little, if I liked a movie, I would just take it out and watch it immediately after. I was like, it's done, and then put it right back in. Rewind it, put it back in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, I had to rewind (laughs) it. (laughs) I can put it back in like a DVD. Okay, and then the other one is Unicorn Store. So next week, we're going to be doing Shazam! Because Courtney's letting us do a blockbuster. So get ready for that. Mm -hmm. Super big deal. I've heard very good things about it. Yep. All right, tune in next week, folks. Sign us off, Kimmy. See you later.